Welcome back, listeners, for the first campaign session of 2017. My name is, of course, Kenny, your DM. I have joined us with... I have joined one one day, one session. I'm going <laughs> to nail this intro, and it's going to be great. But anyway, my players, starting with our Divine Casters, we have... Hello, my name is Hayden. I'm playing Ogden, the Dwarven Cleric. Our Paladin. And I'm playing Bork, the Paladin. Our illustrious idiot of a monk, Tenchi, played by brother. And bringing up the arcane-based rear. I am Lauren. I'm playing Vin, the halfling warlock. All right, so returning listeners might remember where we left off last session, which was uh, they were on a train. The adventurers were traveling south on a train, heading towards the capital city where they had heard of some sort of magical phenomenon was uh, a place of interest to them in their search for the crystal spirits. However... After their first night of rest on the train ride, they found that every single coin of theirs had been nicked. And they were completely broke. So, they uh, went on a touch of a witch hunt, uh, and, and were, were having their hands stayed quite avidly by the conductors of the Elorail system. They have shaked down some details, including the fact that there seems to be um, a connection between the persons responsible and some red thread or red fabric. And that fabric particularly stenches of a pungent smell only, only can be confused as nothing else but lavender and mint. They deduce that this would lead them to believe that they're probably dealing with some manner of druidic person, which is not the first time that the party has come to issues with druid people. And uh, let's say it was... I think you guys were coming to the end of uh, the day last, and uh, the the conductor had asked for a little bit more time to get more details to, to work with you. Uh, Sounds about right. Any other any other actions that you wanted to commit to before seeing if the conductor can come back with more information? I just don't remember what our battle plan was in case we start growing closer. I don't remember if we were going to stage a full scale panic or what. I just remember work train. Yeah. We were going to use Bork's rings to get Bork's ring to get into the conductor car. Or even the uh, stable car. And search it out, scope it out. Yeah. I think that was as far as our plan got. Okay. Any any action you all would like to commit to other than just voicing a plan? We'll take that as a no. Go ahead and just let him have that the conductor have one more night of time to find this guy, or...? We don't have anything better to go off of unless... I think we should post a shift at very least. Yeah. Unless anyone wants to do a little bit of night recon. I have dark vision. <laughs> you're, you're also as stealthy as a pot falling down the stairs. True dad. <laughs> well, do you guys want to, like, try and sleep in shifts, cast any protective spells or anything like that? Any... There was a spell that I was looking at that I was thinking about casting. Um, the walls do like these spells. Yeah, the walls can get fucked. <laughs> <laughs> but see, here's the thing. Bit like divination magic. This is something to protect us. This is, I believe, abjuration. Okay. I just need to find what it is. So, it wasn't guardian I remember spirit. thinking about it at the end of last session, and I neglected to make it in this. It wasn't guardian spirit, was it? I... That is a uh, battle thing. It was it was some sort of guardian something. 
But it was like the spirit that just manifests in the middle of the room. Yeah. Yeah, I think I remember what that was. Guardian of Faith, I believe that's it. So. <sighs> but unless Vim and I want to do a little bit of night recon, uh, just to scope out the rest of the train, because we haven't actually been to the other cars. No, we haven't. So we maybe one car particularly smells heavy of mint and lavender, we just don't know. Um, yeah. I assume there aren't any rules about wandering around the train at night? Um, for what you guys would have known, it, regardless of whether or not you know anything about the Ella Rail before this campaign's time, time span, with you guys having repeatedly using the Ella Rail at this point, you guys would know that there is a curfew, and that while you are certainly permitted to walk about your car, car-to-car uh, -car transit is cut off at the curfew. Do we know what time that is? Um, it is about a hour or so after sundown, whatever that is, depending upon where you are in the world. Traveling um, south closer to the equator. Is it after sundown now? Is basically what I'm um, oh, sorry. No, I, I was kind of saying, like, it, right now it is, let's call it evening. So you guys have okay. a little bit of time, should you desire to do what you want to do. If we want to do a little bit of recon, might not, might not be the time unless we want to start trying to bend and break rules of curfew. That guy is kind of scary, the conductor. He's very serious. He's not necessarily scary. I don't believe I serious. gave a name, did I? Does anyone remember a name for the conductor? Shit, I don't take those. Yes. Sorry, listeners. If you know the name, leave it in the comments section down below. Because, and we'll send you pizza rolls. Yeah, I'll send you seven pizza rolls. I'll send you one pizza roll for every letter that the conductor's name is long. If, Honestly, I would have gone with syllable, but letters is good. Yeah. I'm not really going to break my fucking piggy bank over being like, let's say I named him something like ludicrously, like Gilgameshianly long. <laughs> what am I going to have to do? Spend $3 on a 60, like... 64 pack of pizza bites? Like, I'm not going to kill myself over it. Yeah, no. I don't have uh, his name in my notes, so I don't think we ever got one for him. Yeah, it's not, in whatever instance, it's not important. I can assure you and the listeners of that. Who call him Steven? Uh, no. I remember he keeps asking for remission, though, before coming in. Yes. Wait, you're made... a fucking vampire. That's what can so there's a low-key vampire theory going on. Yeah, cool. I, rem I remember right. that that was going on. That was the low-key theory. He's like, wait, are you a vampire? So, okay, um, make some decisions, kids. So, you want to do a quick walkthrough of the other cabins, I guess? I don't know. Sure, we can go to the living cars, and that's about it. Well, bear in mind, the way the train was structured, it's seven cars, ten cars. The first one is engine room, essentially, so you can't right. just go there. Then the next six cars, or seven cars are residential cars, so like yours. Yep. And you are, if going from the tip of the train, you are the third of the residential cars. So there's two in one direction and four in the other. Okay. And then after the four in the other direction, it is a staff car and then the um, stable car. Right. So... I guess we're just going to set out in a direction. Would you like yep. to go in the direction of two or the direction of four? Are we all going or 
Is somebody staying behind? I'll stay behind. I'm not exactly uh, stealthy in all my armor and whatnot. Yeah. The, I'd say the least conspicuous, but let's be serious here, we're guiding the both ends of the extreme height spectrum here. <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, yep. let's just, let's just go to the two cars first, make that short journey, and then come back. Yeah. Okay. So, we are taking careful, we're, we're going more slowly to keep an eye out for suspicious people, okay. things on clues, I don't know, like Scooby-Doo-like clues, sure. like, we're just looking. Right. Clues, red fabric, and mint, and lavender. Those are the three things we need to look for. Right, right. And if there's a blue paw print on anything, I'm calling it quits right here and today. Uh, I would also call it quits. I'd, I'd break my DM shield in half, because I have hit not at all proverbial rock bottom. Cool. Anywho, uh, so you guys go on towards the two cars ahead of you, towards the tip of the train, or the front of the train. And you all go into the first car. There's no there's no gates for you to walk through. It's just you open the door, walk through the next door, you're in the next car. Um, no problem. And it looks just like your car. Honestly, it's, it's one relatively, like maybe two or three person wide hallway. And then a series of uh, doors on the left. Uh, bear in mind, because these... These cars are from the north. They're part of this hardier, sturdier construction that you guys have become familiar with from this part of the world's Elorail system. So there's not like a big public area. It's all a bunch of rooms. Yep. Uh, and let's... I know I'm going to damn myself no matter what direction I go on these numbers. So let's say there's there's ten car, There's ten doors uh, for this car. Okay. Would any of you like to stop and inspect or perceive any of these doors in particular, or just use your passive and walk through? Um, I'll, I'll stop and take special care of... Yeah. yeah. Sounds like a good idea. And I will... Would that be a perception or an investigation? That depends on oh, what yeah. you're trying to look for. If you, would, um, if you want to, like, try and... Uh, you know, get on your hands and knees or just, like, on your knees and, like, you know, like, run your hand along, like, the door frame and, like, see if the door's been moved a lot recently. Like, that'd be an investigation check. But if you're trying okay, to I'm, just look I'm at gonna it... I'm going to do investigation. Sure. Um, I'm going to go for basic perception under probably scent more than anything else. Perception is just my so out of the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten cars, you're at the first cars. Uh, I will say that you have enough time to investigate um, ten cars in total between these two, uh, or two ten times between these two cars. I got an. Uh, well, which 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 door are you trying to investigate? The first one. All right, number one. What's your roll? I rolled a 12. Okay. Um, nothing seems out of the ordinary. It seems to smell a little bit like body odor. Nothing heinous, but like, I mean, you're really trying to get something here. Um, okay. But uh, I mean, no, nothing super stands out about this door. 
I rolled a nine on perception. On so. which door? All right. Second uh, let's door. Go, oh, yeah, oh. The second door. Uh, I mean, if we're going up the hall, chances are we're not searching, you know, door then door then door. We're probably searching like two doors at the same time, one on each side. No, no, it's not. There's not two doors on each side. It's. it's oh, like, okay, I get it. Yeah, it's a ma- draw like draw in your mind a rectangle. And no, then I know exactly the, what you yeah, mean now. Along the right exactly side is just one long hallway, and the rest is like cells on this. No, I, I, I know these things now. Sorry. No, gotcha. I get it. So, yeah, I'll investigate the next door. So, door number two. Okay, so your nine was for, no, for number two, or is this a separate roll? Because you guys only have ten of these, and you just use two. Then, no, same door. Okay. Like, I guess we're doing the investigation at the same time. Okay. So, you perceive the door smells of, uh, of honey. <laughs> And almost like a pleasant meal, but very sweet. So you're definitely getting that honey. And uh, around while you're sort of just like trying to look and see and smell this door, uh, the door opens and this very uh, overweight uh, gnomish woman uh, sort of looks you in the face and goes, I thought I heard someone snooping around. She sort of pokes at you with this half-eaten but very delicious-looking turkey leg and says, what, are you a beggar? Yes, I'm quite hungry. You wouldn't happen to have a spare potato, would you? Of course. McKellen! And in the back of the room, you can see past this short woman's stature, there is a equally portly gnomish man, and he goes, What? A potato for the beggar! And he sort of just like, and a potato appears in his hands and just throws it at you. Uh, catch it. Alright, make a uh, reflex. Or a dexterity. Wait, 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 this count as a great projectile, real quick. Do you want to use that for this? Yeah, why not? I will use my reaction. Okay, let me roll damage for that real Does quick. Does the potato beat my AC? <laughs> well, if you're using this ability, then you have to assume that the projectile has hit you. So, yes, it did hit you. And okay. I have rolled damage. Roll to catch it. Uh, shit, I think it's a D6 plus my monk level. Uh-huh. Plus seven. Total of eight damage. Believe it or not, you were able to catch a two damage potato. Yeah! <laughs> so I just catch a potato out of the air and just got more it. It is not it is not cooked. I don't care. Can you eat a raw potato? Like is that a thing that you can You yeah, can. It's just, it's just fucking disgusting. The guy used to live alone on an island. Sometimes he didn't always have access to a cooked potato. As that doesn't mean that he didn't. Like, you don't just eat unripe crop. You don't just go, ah, this banana's like lime green. It's fine. I'm still eating it. I, I'm not judging you for it. I'm just saying. I would never eat a raw potato like that. <laughs> Good. Neither would I. Potentially sure as I would. Anyway. Okay. All right. So she closes the door after a laugh at your barbaric nature. I just looked at them and go, what? Potato. I'm just, just gonna to point shake out, my head. You've watched this man eat a steak with like a black truffle sauce on it, served to him by <laughs> King's servants, and he's like, it's a potato. How good is that? <laughs> oh, man of simple means. I, I just assume equal enthusiasm for raw potato and truffle steak. Right, no, of course, yeah. <laughs> anyway. Uh, second door... That was the second door. Okay, next door. Right, next door after that. Okay. Uh, I rolled a natural twenty, which I'm pretty excited about. Okay. 
You, you, which gives me a total of fourteen. And this twenty-four. Sorry. I was to say, really, minus six. Um, and this is an investigation or a perception roll. Investigation. You have found that the, along the um, hinged side of the door, there mm-hmm. is probably from wear, probably from tear, maybe a little bit of both. There is a sliver of wood that has been worn away from usage, and you can actually angle your eyes right, tilt your head a little bit, and see right into the cab. And in there you see a very, uh, you know, satisfied with himself, but uh, alone, dwarven man, sitting there, playing some sort of game by himself. What kind of game? Uh, you don't understand the rules just by looking at it, and you've never seen it before. It could be some weird dwarven game you just never happen to know. Uh, maybe with a roll of some kind you could, you know, prove me wrong on that. Okay. Uh, but if you don't want to, that's fine. And he, where he seems to be taking some manner of coins and, like, flipping them onto a table as if to achieve a stack of coins taller and taller is the, is the objective, without ever actually placing them on the pile itself. Are these gold coins? No, he's playing with copper. Okay. Well, onward. Okay. Uh, my roll is a total of 18 for perception on smell. On which door? Do we want to do the same door, or can we proceed to the next one? I would like it if you guys didn't roll your dice until you told me what door you're playing with. Alright, it's going to be the next one. So number four. Yep. Okay. And it is a perception? Yeah. Of what caliber? Smell. What was the oh, roll sorry. result? Oh, sorry. 18 total. Alright. Alright, so smelling the door... Uh, <laughs> attention thing to do. Hashtag just tension things. Uh, you're smelling the door, and you smell uh, definitely herbs of some sort. Different different types of herbs. Um, hard to place exactly without a nature check to back it up, but it smells very earthy and rather pleasant. Uh, I can make a nature check to back that up. Okay, why don't you go ahead for it? Uh, for something high. Nope, six. Yeah, it, it, for, for you it could be something as simple as lavender and mint, the smells you're looking for, or it could just be, like, sage. You can't really tell. Maybe because it's muffled with other smells, or maybe because you're just not exactly sure. I knock on the door. Okay. A moment later, a old human woman opens the door. She is wearing a... Uh, a purple velvet sort of headdress that sort of hides her hair in its entirety behind her head, and uh, okay. sort of like a like a Princess Leia bun, but on the back of her head. Oh, okay. And uh, and she looks at you, you know, through her heavy leathery eyelids, and and sort of holds up a candle to see you as if it helps. I mean, it's still light out. Uh, the candle is white wax, if it matters to you. And she goes, "Yes, what can I do for you?" Uh. I got this potato as part of my meal, but it was uncooked and it's a little difficult. You wouldn't happen to have any seasonings to help liven this up, would you? No, just incense is all I'm having right now. She sort of like stands to the side a little bit as if to let you see that she's sitting in front of some sort of little makeshift altar that probably has a lot of meaning to her, but you just looking at it has no meaning to you. Uh, Does it have meaning to them? I don't know. Is she standing right there? Last I checked, she was at door number three. So, once I see a knock on a door, I'm going to be like... Oh, shit. 
<laughs> okay. So I'm gonna walk over. Sure. And I see this old lady. Right. And she has um, not noticed you. She's too busy looking three feet above her. So. <laughs> so you so you see an altar, right? Uh, and, right. And while, like I said, it doesn't really mean much to Tenshi, uh, it does have a series of things other than just the incense on it. Um, it has like a small effigy of some sort. It has uh, a couple of small candles of different colors lit. Um, the colors of the candles seem to be a touch indicative of the color of the flame produced upon its wick. There's a black candle, black fire, white candle, whiter fire. Uh, there's a green candle. It has sort of a green, turquoisey, like almost copper-induced fire. Can uh, I just do a, a quick uh, religion check? Absolutely. Uh, that's a thirteen. Hard to be sure. I mean, some of those some of those effigies sort of remind you of the elven god Cohelion. Uh, some of them remind you of. Well, I mean, that candle might be something of a nod to Saint Cuthbert, one of the more divine gods. It's it's hard to say. There's a lot of uh, messages going on in this altar. I'm actually going to follow it up with my own religion check because, for whatever reason, I have proficiency in that. Sure, makes sense. You're a monk. Uh, which I'm not going to do well on. I got eight. Okay, I'll give you so, a similar. Doesn't make response. a damn bit of sense to me either. Yeah, not really. Uh, I'm going to say, oh, we're so sorry for bothering you. Um, she's going to look down at you, shriek a demon, and close the door in your face. Oh, I'm not a demon. <laughs> I pat her on the head. It goes okay. Do you kneel? All right. Uh, continue on. How many more doors are there? Uh, you guys are on the fourth door. Yeah, so th- we should have six left. Yeah. And you have six more door checks before you run out of time. Okay. Um. Yeah, let's keep dividing the doors. So I'm going to do door number uh, five. Okay. I'll be doing door six then. That is a uh, 22 to investigation. On door number five? Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, you find a similar... What was it? I'm sorry, what was the total again? What? What was the total again? A 20 what? 22. You find a very similar, but not as worn open hole in the crevice of the door. Uh, near its hinges. You can't make out much, but you can see candlelight. Uh, and you can see what is probably someone sleeping. You can't see enough of the room to be sure, but you can see I'm someone lying I'm my door down. when I get back. People are peeping on us, like... What's up with these doors? Okay. Um, I don't see anything unusual. Okay. Yeah, no, not at all. Like Other, other okay. than the candlelight that I mentioned... You don't see the candle itself or whatever is producing that light, but you do see it kind of reflecting off of the walls. Uh, and you can see someone is laying down. You can't make out any features. Okay. And, bro? Uh, God damn, what was the number one? Six. For uh, door number six. And it's a perception, or? Yeah, perception check. Okay. Uh, it's a door. <laughs> you don't really, it smells like a door. Yeah, like it, a door, it smells like the rest of this cabin, as far as you can tell. There's not really much to it. Ah, losing my edge. All right. I mean, I got nothing else. All right. Seven. Seven. Okay. Uh. Sixteen. 
for investigation. Hmm? You look down into the same spot that you found rewards before, and you're greeted with... Uh, you can see that the door is worn in still, but there seems to be something blocking it. And uh, as you sort of, you know, gently go, drat, like, you know, sort of cuss to yourself that that this, pro- this, this proven methodology isn't, or the proven method is not working out for you this time, there's a, the door busts open. Make a dexterity save to not get hit by a door. Two plus. Where's my dexterity? Fourteen? Um, you manage to jump out of the way of the door, but when you look up with your back against the wall of the, the car, there is a man with a short sword in his hand pointing at you directly, and he begins to yell at you in Elvish, um, which you speak, right? We both do. I sure do. Okay, I thought so. And he says, ah, come for the rest of my valuables. You already took the coins, you little petty thief. Can I disarm him? You may attempt to. Cool. Uh, shit, what's the rule for disarm? Uh, so, strength save to drop it. Okay, so against my... Yeah, okay, that's all this is. You have to make a strength save against my uh, dice check, I guess. Well, your DC, which, which is what? Uh, <laughs> I will save DC, which is 13, I guess. No, uh, that doesn't make any sense. Not really. No. Um, fuck. Don't your martial arts things have a DC attached to them? They don't. I think it might just be in a post-strength test. Where are you seeing the rules for disarm? It should be under some of the fighter uh, martial adept things. All right, let me take a look. Yeah, your maneuver at DC. Yeah, my maneuver DC, which I don't have one of. Yes, you do. You just don't know what it is. Right, because... Your, okay. man, your maneuver save DC is 8 plus your proficiency bonus plus your strength or dex modifier, your choice. Okay, so 14. Ow. Yeah, surprise, surprise, he failed that. Dog is going next. Whose dog is that? Sorry. No, that's fine. I just wanted to know who was it coming from. I couldn't see it on the thing. Okay, so I'm just standing there with the man's short sword in my hand. Well... Okay, yeah. So, so you I'm gonna tell him in Elvin, uh Whoa now, it's not us. Calm down. We didn't take your belongings. Uh he is going to yell down the hall oh, looking away from you all for the conductor in common. Uh how since this isn't exactly a combat situation, how does that I'm just gonna go around. Work? What? I'm jo- just going around in a non-initiative-based order. He did a thing. Sure. You did a thing. Tenji did a thing. He did a thing. Okay. You doing a thing. Tenji's gonna do a thing. So. <sighs> All right. I'm gonna tell him that. Um... There's no need for any fuss, and we'll be on our way. We meant no harm. We're just looking for clues. We're just walking around, keeping an eye on things, because we were robbed, too. Okay. At the moment you said we were robbed, too, he he immediately steps into his, his cabin and, and beckons you to follow him. 
Okay, I hand him a okay, sure. Alright. Um you you all come into his cabin, he closes the door. A moment later you can hear the doors down the hall the way you were going. Like Conductor. <laughs> Did you call for the conductor? No, no. Door closes. Comes knocks on your door. Uh the the elf that has beckoned you into his cabin at this point walks over, opens the door. Uh, yes, sir. Did you call for the conductor? No, not at all. I did hear someone though. Closes the door. Conductor moves on. And you can hear it, you know, go down the hallway. As awesome. he gets after he gets a few doors away, the, the elf is kind of like waiting a moment, and so goes back into Elvin as you two can, or at least you, Vin, can clearly understand him. Um, he says, "So you were robbed as well, you and your big friend." Uh, we were. Um, he sheets his short sword, by the way. Yeah. Everyone in our, our cabin, uh, all their gold was missing. Uh, so I was not alone. Was anything else of yours stolen or just your coin? Just the coin. Exactly same to me. I assume you all are looking around? Uh, yes, we can't just sit on our hands and do nothing. Um, in one day's time, this will all, you know, the thief will get away. I don't, uh, have the biggest confidence in our, the train staff. I have been keeping my ear to the ground. I'm a tracker, you see. And I can tell you that after last night, the train has sped up. Which leads me to believe that whoever was involved in this might have a hand in how fast the train goes. Why would a train and its staff want to get to a destination sooner after something like this had come up? That's very curious. Um, uh, thank you for this information. Um, and uh, I'm going to, I'll repay it in kind. Um, and I'm going to tell them about the curious smell of lavender and mint. He's going to ponder on that information. You know, on on a on one of the cars down towards the caboose of the Ella Rail, I believe there is a sect of of uh, clerics or pilgrims or something, and all of them are wearing red veils and they smell distinctly of lavender. Oh, interesting. I had not heard that information yet, but I do remember seeing them bored, and, well, while those smells are not exactly abhorrent to my nose, they are very potent and hard to ignore. Right, and what, what, uh, car did you say that was? Oh, I don't remember exactly, but it's back towards the rear. Towards the rear? Uh, thank you, that will be very useful. Mm. Um. It's not a lot, but, uh... If you come across uh, any other clues, uh, or would like to uh, lend your sword further to our investigation, I'm going to tell him our room number, card, sure. yeah, whatever that location, is. We figured it out, so it um, and that if he sees anything else, to come let us know. Well, he introduces himself as Galvin of the Ironwood Forest, and... He assures you, should he come to any new information, 
uh, he will he will come over and let you know. Uh, certainly. Um, I'm uh, Vin and uh, um, somewhere. And we would be uh, very glad for that information should you come across any. Uh, I think me and my tall friend here uh, best be on our way before we get stuck in this car for curfew. Of course. That's very that's coming up very soon. I would hurry on it. All right. So uh, we excuse ourselves and probably just get our butts back to the car. What do you think? Yeah, unless we want to try and check out the Redville people. Uh, I think we should wait for the whole party, at least, or when we have more than, like, probably, what, A couple minutes? of minutes, yeah. Whatever that is. All right, so, so you, you guys going to report back? Yeah. Yeah, we're going to go right. back to the car. Well, while you guys are out, let's give the uh, Divine people something to do. So cool. they, they leave, and a few minutes later, there's a knock on your door. At, uh, back at the Divine Cabin? Yeah. All right. Ogden goes ahead and opens it with uh, his hand on the uh, hilt of his uh, hammer. Okay. The When you open the door, standing before you is the... the uh... Conductor. Thank you. The, the conductor that you have dealt with several times before at this point. And he says, good evening, may I come in? Absolutely. And he comes in and has a seat uh, and notes that two of your friends are missing. So he says, uh, oh, where's the particularly tall and the particularly short one? They decided to stretch their legs. That is reasonable. It is nearly curfew. Yeah. Have you come across anything? Uh, a couple of leads that turned out to be dead ends, unfortunately. Mm. Uh, I have instructed... Well, I suppose it's common knowledge at this point, but... Well, I suppose amongst the staff, and I will certainly tell you to keep you all at ease. I'm sure that there's more going on than just leg stretching this evening. We are hastening our arrival ahead of schedule because at this time there is a happenstance that will prove useful to this situation at our next destination. The Adventurer's Guild outpost there has a, well, simply put, they have a local royalty and his honor guard present and will only be there for another day or two. So if we arrive within that time, they have agreed to lend their honor guard for security to the train for a thorough inspection, which would give us the numbers to do a proper and deep search of the train for everyone's lost goods. And a couple dozen extra eyes and ears will certainly be useful in making sure that no one, uh, you know, walks off with everyone's goods. All right. Well, if you seem to think that's the uh, best course of action. Well, we run the risk of either containing, continuing at our regular pace and losing the opportunity for assistance up ahead, slowing down and giving whoever it is to uh, jump off or run off the, the Ella rail, should it be safe enough to do so. Mm-hmm. I think that this is a wise move on the Ella rail's choice, but again, it was not exactly my call to make. 
Who, who's giving you the orders, then? Oh, the lead conductor of the train. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I thought that was you. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm merely the conductor of this car. Ah. Uh, gotcha. All right. Well, hopefully we'll, able, we'll be able to find the culprit soon. Such is our hope. All right. Have you all come across anything that I might find useful? No, we've uh, told you pretty much everything we know so far. Very good. Should your friends come back from their walk with any new information, don't be fearful to call for conductor at the door. All right, will do. I will be within earshot, I'm sure. Okay. Oh, if there's nothing else, I will take my leave. All right. Have a good one. Leaves the door, and... Uh, by the time the two of you all uh, get back, the conductor has been gone for a, a few minutes at this point. All right. So you two re-arrive to the cabin, and... <laughs> so we looked around the doors. We didn't really find any evidence of... Uh, mischief or smells or anything like that, but uh, we did come across another person who was robbed, and uh, they said that they noticed the train speeding up, which was unusual, as well as um, the origin, they think they know the origin of the mint smell and the red cloth some kind of, should we say, like... You said religious sect or some sort of... Yeah, religious sect in a, a car close to the caboose. Something we definitely might want to check out tomorrow. And it was lavender, not the mint. Oh, it was lavender? Yeah. The mint is the weird one, so if we find the mint, we find something closer. Okay. Uh, that's all we came across. Well, the conductor was just here a few moments ago explaining why we sped up. Mm. Apparently there's a uh, an honor guard to some royalty in the uh, next town that we're hoping to catch up with and get the aid of. And if we Anything? arrive early, we'll, uh, we'll have that opportunity. Otherwise... Did you trust his words? Uh, I don't know what to trust, really. Mm. I, I kind of feel like they've uh, suddenly realized that they are not equipped to uh, handle this issue. I think I've known Why? that from the beginning. Yeah. But one more thing to keep into consideration. Lavender is not exactly a unique smell. It's quite common, but in such a pungent aroma as the pilgrims, not only that, but their veils match a very bright red cloth. Why did he not... Mention that. Wait, what? Red cloth? Oh, uh, so the pilgrims have the the guy it, that we talked to who had been robbed. We told him of uh, our red cloth and strange smells, and he recalled that there was a uh, pilgrim sect, religious sect group of people who had red veils and smelled strongly of lavender hmm. um, in a car towards the caboose. Something I think we should definitely check out once curfew uh, 
is over. Agreed. It's over. Yeah. But that's yeah. all of our weeks so far. Unless we want to break her view, I don't think we have anything else to do. When did he say that we were supposed to arrive at the place where we're speeding up to? I think it's tomorrow evening, but I'm not certain. Well, if the train sped up, we might not be there tomorrow evening. Mm. Yeah, we'd probably be there tomorrow morning. Tomorrow so, afternoon at the latest. The last chance for us to figure anything on our own tonight oh, is tonight. And that requires to break curfew, and I don't know how the conductors operate well curfew. Is there somebody on post? Is there somebody watching travel between cars? Well, clearly, if all the cars were able to be robbed, they weren't doing their jobs. Or... Yeah, but they're on high alert now. Yeah. That might be why the curfew is in place. Have I mentioned to any of you about whether or not there is any other access to the cabins? No. We've not. Okay. Then there isn't one. I just want to make sure I was being consistent. Alright, so yeah, we only know of the the doorway in between the cars. Yeah. Um, uh, in this brief moment of sort of uh, deep thought, um, you all sort of hear a, uh, a resonating voice sort of gently uh, blow into your minds as if they were, as if like brought in from fair winds. And it's the weird sort of unaudible or unintelligible speech that Wisp or have been using. I'm oh, sorry, Lumina, excuse me. <laughs> had been using, and uh, you don't understand it again, but it seems to indicate to you that you have friends nearby. You feel you feel less alone than you already probably didn't feel since you're surrounded by people that you trust. But you feel like you feel like someone's going to come and help out soon. Okay. Do you guys feel that too? What do you think it means? Like. Should we wait here? Tenchi's going to trust the the feeling that he's gotten from the crystals because they haven't really steered us wrong yet. Maybe into some questionable situations, but not wrong. What is he going to do about it? He's going to sit and meditate and focus entirely on that feeling that's coming at him. Okay. Um, Go ahead and make a will, a wisdom saving throw. (laughs) Saving throw? Okay. Something like not proficient in. How are you not proficient in wisdom? Because like, I have strength and dexterity. Is, really? I thought that was like a total monk thing, was wisdom. Nope. Huh. Some of my skills based off of wisdom, but I don't get a wisdom saving. Yeah, and, and like your. your but ability. it's fine, because I rolled a 17. Ah. So uh, you're going to. Well, what's the total? 17. 15 plus 2 is 17. Oh, sorry. You said you rolled 17, side. Just making sorry, sure. I, I, I will always give you the total. Good. Good enough. I'm going to hold you to that. Sure. So, you guys see sort of Tenchi sort of like perk up like the rest of you sort of have perked up to this sort of rush of emotion. Positive. Positivity, granted, but emotion. Uh, and then he sort of like seems to relax and like cross his arms and just nod his head down and then jolt up. His eyes are white as pearls. 
and he seems to not be amongst you anymore. <clears throat> Tenchi. Yeah, a little bit. So, Tenchi, your perception is now... Uh, imagine an eagle flying along, uh, flying above a, a train. That's where you are, and you awesome. see a white light sort of... Almost as if not even struggling to keep up with the speed that the L-Rail is producing, just sort of like drift gently down towards the, the train. And a moment later, after it begins to make contact with the train, you are teleported, your consciousness is put right back into your body as, you know, you sort of reactionarily look up and the rest of your companions will probably follow your weird out-of-the-nowhere gesture and you can see a being of light faint light and so like not bright or, or appalling or anything but but bright but but white light sort of begin to drift into your cabin hello well look at that he's oh, right here and a moment later since you guys don't seem to be like up in arms at this specter coming in to be uh, fair it's not the weirdest thing we've seen well that's very true <laughs> um a moment later it sort of coalesces its form and is sort of like, hovering in the middle of the room between the four of you. Five of you, whatever. Five. Um, and it's Roderick. Oh, hey, Roderick. Hey! He sort of warmly <coughs> smiles and, uh, and in common uh, relays to you. Well, actually, does anyone here speak Celestial? Yo! Okay, they'll be speaking in Celestial. Sweet, I'll be translating as best as I possibly can. <laughs> I uh, forget. I'm looking for it now. I think I'm the only one that speaks Celestial. Yep. So in Celestial, he says, I have news about your adventure. Uh, he says he has news about our adventure or what we're doing. And he continues, the, yeah. the crystals have sent me forth to try and retrieve information for you all, and I will attempt to do so on somewhat of a regular basis. But that entirely depends on how far I have to travel to do so. Thankfully, I have found that there is a problem very close to you, as a matter of fact. There is something on this rail that means you all ill will. Hmm. And works for the one that sunders. Wait, hold on, repeat that. And works for the one that sunders. Oh. At this point, Tenji's ears are just like fully quirked up. You have never seen him more focused. Sure. I cannot tell you much, for their visage is shrouded in mystery and potent magical effects to hide themselves. But they seem to be frail in body, but powerful in mind. I would advise the most caution, even though they will seem easy prey. I just look at them. It's like the old woman. The old woman. Um... Hey, Brody, you want to translate that for us? Yeah, um. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah so Tenchi kind of relays it all back. It's that there's somebody on the train, they're associated with the Sunderer, and they're supposed to be weak of body but strong of will, and they're not as weak as they seem. And the only description we have is the old woman we ran into earlier, who I asked for seasonings for my potato farm. As he goes back to munching on the potato. <laughs> Um, Barbaric. She had an altar with candles, but I could not identify. Yeah, you know, I didn't recognize the uh, religious imagery. It could be some kind of means of controlling her 
feature. Then again, we've only explored one car. I asked uh, I asked Roderick and Celestial if he knows what part of the train it was. No, I do not. Merely, it radiates from the entire being that is this Ella Rail. Shouting the whole train. The trail itself seems hard to pierce, no matter how deeply I look. I was only able to find you all because, well, I was guided. Hmm. Oh, it's the lead on the train. I'm feeling pretty good about the old lady being the bad guy, though. Yeah, that's only one of seven living cars. (laughs) <laughs> it does sound like there are multiple uh, people that uh, mean us ill will. He only said one. Then he asked Roderick, are we sure it's only one person? Not one person, but one set. Not sure if one or many, but they are only in one place, however many or how few. I, Like I said, could not discern. I'm a bit blind here. Uh, Any other questions? Uh, I, I'm truly out of ideas, so it's up to you guys here. Uh, Roger, can you ask him if he can see any other way to and from the different cars? I relay it back in Tenchi speak. Oh, he he articulates to you, Tenchi, or I suppose to the group as a whole. He can understand all of you but can only speak this divine tongue. Oh, okay. Oh, okay, so it's one-way street. Awesome. Well, good thing one of us knows Celestial. (laughs) Yeah. That would have been bad. That would have been weird. So he asks, I'm sorry, what was it you were asking? Can you tell if there are any other um, paths or uh, ways to get to and from the individual trains? Or individual cars. There seems to be a singular service hatch that leads to the to each of the cars from the outside, but I see no other ways to achieve entry to those hatches from the outside other than the car's doors on one on each end of the car. Hmm. So it's a service rail that runs on the outside of the train and goes from one end of the train to the other. No, no. I'm probably not explaining it very good. Um, so, imagine you train car. There's one door at each of the short, like the thin ends right. that connect you to the each car touching. Yeah. He's saying the only other entrance to any of the cars he's seeing is a single service hatch on the top of the car. Each of each car. Oh, so it's a it's a it's a roof door. Right. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, before we had like adhesive spells, you just like stick me to the top of the train. Was Mission Impossible this? <laughs> yeah. Mag boots, people. How do they work? Um. Any other questions? Uh, not that I can think of. And so he says that's all the information he can give you for now. He will. I will look forward towards the great city. I can tell that you all are going there. Is that right? Yeah. Eventually we'll get there. Is there a way we can contact you if we need to? 
I'm afraid not. I am a single servant of the crystals now. They can call to me and I can come, but I cannot guarantee that I will appear like magic. I actually have to travel. And while I can fly and I am quite spectral, I can get most places, but it is not instantaneous. Most of my time will be spent performing some manner of recon. Okay. Or I suppose you would have probably said reconnaissance, but you get the point. So I will go, but I will gift you these small blessings in my wake. And he sort of, like, holds his arm and, like, as he sort of passes in a gesture, like, across the room, a series of five little, like, droplets of light fall from his hand and coalesce into essentially the shape and size of a pearl, but small spherical balls of light. Uh-huh. And okay. says, take these with you, one each, and crush them in your hand. It will be quite easy, should you need an edge from the divines. Okay. And so with, we got a divine ball. Yeah, and, and from that moment, he, you know, sort of begins to rise out of the cabin and out of sight. Treat, treat these little, like, balls of light to have a shelf life of two days, and and when used by crushing in your hand or some other method, uh, you will be under the effect of the blessed spell for uh, a minute. Oh, okay. Okay. Awesome. Okay, so... Only other way out of the train is on the rooftop, which we can only assume the thief also knew about. Yeah. They are a single entity, whether that entity is a group of people or a single individual... Uh, is completely and totally unknown. They are frail of body, strong of will, and they're not as weak as they seem, and work for the Sunderer. Yeah, that's a pretty good recap of that information. I think uh, the old lady and the uh, religious people are are most promising suspects. True, those, those are the only two leads we have to go on right now. The question is, do we investigate them now or tomorrow? What do you guys think? I think tomorrow's going to be too late. I think tomorrow's going to be too late. But I also think that we are kind of grasping at straws. We don't know everyone who's on the train. We do not know everyone who's on the train. That is another piece of the puzzle that we're missing, is that the only people we know at play who fit the descriptions are those two groups, a single individual and what I can only assume to be an entire train car So and it we, will not do one way or another to go in and start slinging accusations in either case. Now, you said you all met somebody who also had been robbed yeah. and had yeah. his own ideas. What if we uh, logged off the Skype right here? What is what we should do? Um, <laughs> what if we try to get to the other cars and talk to some of the other people who have been robbed. That takes time. Time that we don't always have. Right, because currency starting. Well, currency started, yes. Mm-hmm. But more importantly, that's... We're, we're gonna have all night to do this, but then once night is over, we have to make our move. So we just have the night. That is all we will have. Correct. 
Because I can guarantee you, if we do not find this person before the train stops, they get away. Well, they're meant to do us harm, according to... And they work for the Sunderer. And if the so Sunderer is... harm that he's really done is harm that he's done to everybody on the train. So that, to me, says that there's going to be some other strike, and it's going to be geared towards us. So what and if we make ourselves? just kind of wants to be on the defensive of that. What if we make ourselves an easy target? What? Like bait them out and do what? <laughs> it's just that. Bait them out. Have them fall onto us. How would we bait ourselves? Make it as vulnerable as possible, or seemingly as vulnerable as possible. Make. <sighs> I don't know. Don't know exactly what they're after, so don't know exactly what to... If they're the Sunderer, they will stop at nothing to cause us harm. Whether it's by taking all of our gold or putting a knife in our chest. Hmm. Hey, uh... Pork, can I see that, uh... Ring of Borscht right quick? Yeah. So, does uh, does the ring require a tomb for uh, a character to use? Yes. It does. Alright, so we don't have the time for that, so it is... Currently attuned to uh, Bork? Bork. Yeah, Bork only. Okay. Well then. <laughs> what should have Bork do this? Oh, yeah, I was thinking uh, this would probably be something for Bork to do. Um, what if Bork uses that ring to disguise himself like one of us without our armor or weapons or things? But really. It's me! Yeah, exactly. Where? Exactly. And I, I don't mean to point fingers here, but the most vulnerable would be them. Hey. Think about it. Just you know, sizing up targets. Yeah. No spellbook, no armor, no nothing. Surrounded by everyone. Surrounded by no one. You are. I call the squishy thing. one. Sure. <laughs> you can pretend right? to be drunk too. You just not have to pretend that. <laughs> anyway, but if we were going to use bait. It would be the smallest, frailest looking of us. And, surprise, it's Bork. That'd be fun, don't you think? Also, I'd like to point out that Bork hasn't had a drink for the last couple of sessions, so your comment is invalid, Frodo. <laughs> no, I was talking on the... <laughs> well, then, uh, I thought that was going to bring back to Bork. Okay, no. Since, uh, since it requires attunement, that's not going to... Uh, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just be, I think uh, that's a... A decent plan. It's a fairly decent idea. We just need to put him somewhere. And I can cast invisibility if we wanted to lay and wait or something like that. How long does invisibility last? Looking it up. <laughs> Are you probably, looking it up, Kenny? Probably I think it's not probably like, like five minutes, ten minutes. Probably ten minutes concentration. Yeah. That is not long enough for the whole night, and we do have to spend the night looking for people, sussing out potential targets. A creature you touch becomes invisible until the spell ends, which is a, con- it's a contra- concentration effect up to an hour. Up to an hour. <laughs> and when you cast this spell using a spell slot of third or higher... You may target one additional creature for each spell slot above the above the second. So if you cast it as a third level spell, you can target two people with with it. All right, so that's I mean that's that's pretty good. It's an hour though. It's not exactly a whole night's worth of trap. 
that's true, but find it fast. No, but that can be used to get through the cars. What can? The invisibility. You guys hear. I think. <laughs> you guys are interrupted as you begin to hear a. One door away. Conductor! You hear the door open. Curfew, please don't leave your cabin. Yes, of course. And then come to your door. Conductor! Go away. Tenchi <laughs> opens the door. It's the same conductor you've known, that, or rather, that has continuously appeared. He says, Good evening. Uh, curfew Hello. is about to begin. Uh, you all have any last things that you need to get accomplished? I know you all have some, uh, well, interest in things. Tenchi just looks back at the group. Nah, seems like there's nothing we can do tonight. Um, this is DM to players, not conductor. Can you guys describe your cabin right now? Uh, I assume it's a just a narrow-ish cabin with two benches slash beds mm-hmm. kind of on either side, and then the window in the back. Well, there's no window. There's no window? No. I thought it was a hatch that kind of was like a little window. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's 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 a small thing. It's to yeah, keep that, cold. No, I, yeah, yeah. Call sorry, sorry, sorry. I, no, want, I didn't want you. I didn't want you to imagine like an open, like a big like, glass window, because that's no. It's, it's not like a like a glass window that I can open and crawl. It. No, it's it's this little hatch thing. It's a hardy train. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I imagine it. Yeah, about like that. Sure. With bunk beds, a I mean, little like, bit messy. I mean, like yeah, like like that sort of stuff, yeah. like the state of your all's things. Like, is anyone wearing uh, their but, armor? Is anyone armed? Is Tenchi's always armed. Um, uh, uh, probably got his, uh, Warhammer at his waist, but probably doesn't have his, uh, armor on currently. Okay. I'm, I would assume I'm wearing my, I just have leather, so, sure. you know, it's not, not, not I'm wearing exactly. my armor, but well, yeah. leather. Uh, as someone who has slept in leather armor before, you wouldn't just sleep in it, but yeah, no, to, to just be wearing well, we it just is not. We just have that investigating, so. Right, yeah, I feel you. Um, I just want to make sure there's nothing that he would have found suspicious. No, we're not sacrificing virgin right now. He he sort of leans his head in a little bit and says, "You feel the need to be armed tonight?" Sort of looking at Ogden's character. Well, did you get robbed? Yeah, you sure did. But uh, it is troubling for me to think that our passengers are such on edge. Well, right? It's troubling for us to lose all our money. Well, certainly so. But uh. As I had said, you will receive some manner of compensation should everything not work out. But All right. neither that or anything else. Uh, please, if you can, have a good night's rest. I would imagine that whoever did this is probably not going to go for a second go after how busy me and the other conductors have been knocking on doors today. I have busy not, not finding them? He sort of gives you like a like a like a slashing look, like "fuck you." And there goes our R rating. And he sort of take begins to take a step into the room and shakes his head and goes, "Have a nice night." You as well. Close Please. the door. Yeah. Yep. Closes the door. Yeah, there's no way I'm gonna tell him that uh, we're expecting anything else. 
I was going to say we should probably tell him about the red veil as soon as he goes with that. The red what? The red veils. On the, on he's the... got to know if he's been investigating. He's probably keeping that information from us. So we don't go and kill them. Yeah. <laughs> Can't imagine as to where he would have put that one together. I don't know, maybe you can put We do have a habit of doing this. that. <laughs> we have a history of violence, what can I say? Hey, good movie. <laughs> I haven't seen it yet, but I hear it did that. Yeah. So. Anyway, well, now that he's left, uh, Ogden's actually going to start putting on his armor. Okay. <laughs> But I guess it comes down to while he's putting his armor on, we need a final plan. We need a final decision. What is our game plan? We we can't. Roger said by. that they mean to do us harm, which right. tells me that they are going to come to us. Yeah. This is why Bork wants to be on the defensive. Let them come to us, and then we'll give them hell. So are you guys setting up any wards, any protection, other than to yeah. bring your armor? You go ahead and cast that, uh, what is it, Guardian of Faith at the door. All right. Let, it, let me look into what that exactly does. It lasts for eight hours, and it uh, lasts until it does 60 damage for, uh, to anyone who is hostile to work towards us. Damn. Yeah, so, I don't know. <laughs> is that a new one? Huh? Is that a new spell? Yep, it's a fourth level spell. Jesus. You can cast fourth level spells already? Yeah. Prep that instead of death board today. Alright. Okay. So you cast Guardian of Faith. Mm-hmm. And, uh... Let's see. Uh, is there any other any other rituals or things done to... No. Um, but I am probably going to use... Can Lesser Restoration be used to get rid of uh, Exhaustion? Yes. Lesser okay. Restoration removes one stage of exhaustion per cast. Uh, lesser Restoration. Right. Okay. Alright, great. Just making sure, because uh, as we get tired, I'm probably going to uh, use my second level spells to cast Restoration on everyone to keep us fresh and able to, you know, keep fighting. Let me check and make sure that there is such a thing as Lesser, lesser and Regular Restoration spells. I mean, we don't really have to worry about not being woken up. It's more a matter of who wants to be. The crucial seconds that it will take for us to uh, get up and get ready for combat, if we were asleep, would could probably you know result in the death of at least one of us. So I'm thinking Ogden's going to stay up all night, just be like a sentry at, uh, in his armor, other side of the cabin, probably near the hatch. Tenshi will be asleep at the base of the window, just kind of like sitting underneath it. So he'll be standing above you? So, wait, what now? So Ogden will be standing pretty much above you? Is that where you were going to be standing? Yeah. yeah. I'm probably just going to uh, position myself right there. And just... 
Okay, no, then I would only stick with my, with like my back to one of the walls that is facing away from the door. So like where the door is, there's a little tiny narrow hallway, and I can imagine it breaks off into those bunk bed okay. bench things. So you don't know, you don't know restoration. You know lesser restoration. Correct. Okay. I just wanted to make sure. I don't think that there is greater versus lesser restoration. Uh, yeah, there is. Let me see and make sure that greater restoration doesn't specifically. Okay. Sorry. What did I miss? Uh, we're talking Little about. Roll new characters. Yes. We're talking about uh, the spell restoration and what it can and can't do. Okay. Because I don't believe that as it's printed, rest, lesser restoration states that it can remove stages of exhaustion. But it's a second level spell, so it's not exactly like you're getting away with it for free. Mm -hmm. Okay. So it says you touch the creature and and end either one disease or condition afflicting it. The condition may be blind, deaf, paralyzed, or poisoned. And exhausted is not a condition in the in the sense of the mechanic mm -hmm. of having a condition. Oh yeah, it is. I lied. Um. So yeah, I will say that if you cast the fifth level spell of greater restoration. It would remove all sta all the up to five stages of rest of exhaustion you can have without dying, but mm -hmm. lesser restoration removes one stage of exhaustion. I think that's pretty okay. fair. Well then, I'll uh, stand guard all night, and as I get drowsy, I'll use restoration to, to get rid of my exhaustion. Well, and there is no need to do that except for once, because foregoing sleep for a day uh, incurs one stage. All right. So you would it's not like you'd need to constantly do it. It's Alright. So Ogden is electing to stay up all night and everyone else can get full night's rest. Um I'll stay up the first half of the night with Ogden. Okay. I'll ask uh Vin to wake me up when she goes to, to bed. Yeah. I'll stay up the last half. Tenshi will stay asleep and dream of home. And then our uh, guardian of faith will just be guarding the door as well. Right. Okay. Shit, if you want to put him outside, that might actually be interesting. No. Well, would he know if his guardian of faith was destroyed? I don't believe so, no. Is it a concentration spell? It is not. It just lasts for eight hours. Then you would certainly not. Okay, never mind. Yeah. And the only way I can see it is that, uh, like, a sword and a shield with my uh, deity's emblem just kind of resides right there. Yeah. So there's probably, like, this faint luminescent glow. But beyond that, there's really no other uh, connection to to me. <laughs> right, but if you had it standing outside your door and someone looked and saw that religious symbol, they could be like, huh, who around here, you know... Praises that god. Yeah, that right. Him. It's like a big old beacon. Come Do you even praise the sun, bro? <laughs> anyway, so, yeah, I assume you're not moving it outside, you're keeping it in the room with it. Correct. Yeah, it is, like, right at the door. Alright. Okay. I'm, I'm making a very bold assumption that whoever entered our room last night used the door. 
I'm going to say they probably did not. Well, even the still, they had which to. Which is also they, why uh, Ogden is standing as close to like that hatch as possible. Is it open at all, or have you closed it? It's probably closed. Okay. Closed, locked. It can be locked, so so they can't lock it. It can be locked, so. Yeah, let's absolutely lock it then. Uh, let's say that it's locked with a bolt, just for simplicity's sake. All right, sounds good. Okay. So the first half of the night is super relaxing, not a problem in sight. Everything's nice and quiet. In fact, you guys probably have a you know smattering of character to character conversation as the evening goes on, just to keep everyone perky. Mm-hmm. But uh, so it comes to the night, uh, the time of the night when Vin wants to swap, right? All right. Um, I hesitantly <laughs> go wake up Mork. Why? Because he's, scary. he's kind of scary sometimes. Valid. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure that's racist, but I'm not sure to me. <laughs> well, Bork did smash his own hand at one point. <laughs> broke, broke his own hand and then tried to break Ogden's everything. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did a pretty good job on the last part, if I recall correctly. Yeah, a touch. Anyway, so, uh, right. yeah, you wake Bork up, Bork gets up, uh, you go to bed. Um, then as you rest your head down, you sort of throw your eyes over to that one sliver in the door that you forgot to mention to everybody. And you realize that through the sliver, now that you're sort of attuned to that sliver, you can see through it and sort of perk your head a little bit to look through right before you sort of blink to sleep and you see an eye that immediately darts away. Did I actually go to sleep? No. All right, I'm going to use I imagine, message. I imagine that would probably wake you. Right. Um, uh, I'm going to use message to mind whisper um, that what? No, just go on. I'm just having a laugh at your, <laughs> your, your terminology. Go on. Your vernacular here. Uh, to Bork and... Ogden, uh, what I just saw. Not a Kenji? You're asleep. You're asleep. What, like he wouldn't wake up? Like you can message someone who's asleep, more like. Oh, okay, I, I didn't know I, that. I know. I'm gonna say no. Because to me that's you'd like, like... You'd have me like whispering in your dreams. There's a joke in there, but I'm going to abandon it. Okay. Alright, so there's a sliver... There's a small crack that I'm saying this in the mind, whatever. There's a small crack uh, by the hinges of our door, which I totally forgot about. Okay, so that I saw earlier. So message is not a mind whisper; it is a vocal whisper. So you guys know how like cops and and, like espionage services have like those uh, the telem microphones where they like can point it out in a direction and hear a conversation like a mile, half a mile away. Yeah, that was great. It's the opposite of that. <laughs> Instead of pointing a microphone, you're pointing a speaker. So, according to the spell, you have to like make a, de- a dedicated gesture to whom you are messaging, and you okay. have to verbally whisper the message, which, <laughs> when you're pointing a message whisper to someone across the room, you probably could just whisper it. Okay, that's not how we used it in Elise's campaign, so thank ah, you. Ah, surprise. We used it as a... Uh, one-way 
like telepathy like message shot. I get that. I get why 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 it would work that way, and I suppose to an extent, if that's not overly bad, but. If you had two people with the cantrip message and you could just communicate like walkie-talkies the spell, then the magical item... It was really useful! Yeah, a little bit, right. Then, if that was the case, then the spell for, uh, or the Sending Stone's magical item would not need to exist. Okay. Um, so... So I'm just gonna get up and go whisper to them and point at the crack. Okay, yeah. I think we're being watched. Just did you wake up from this? Did you wake up from the conversations they were having four hours ago, or do you just want to wake up because there's shit going on? No, like with with their with their activity. Uh, so my point this, is that they the the, the three the three of them have not been exactly statue still this entire evening. So if you want to disrupt your rest repeatedly to have woken up every time that there's been a shift in the room, then you may do so. But you won't get a full night's sleep tonight. No, I probably wouldn't. And if I had been sleeping through it up until now, this would not wake me. Either. Yeah, I, unless they make a dedicated action to wake you up, I don't think you'd be awake yet. So the sliver in the door, is that because of something like broke it? I think it's just uh, old doors being worn away. Hmm. I, uh, Ogden heads over to the uh, door. Kind of uh, tries to find the sliver that she's talking about and look back through it. Alright. You look through and you have to kind of like tilt your head a little bit and it's a little hard to do in your helmet, but you're able mm-hmm. to see through it and you just see like a, like maybe the size of a few pieces of hair, like wide space through mm-hmm. the through the cabin to the hallway. But you can see, clearly you can see the hallway for, for mm-hmm. that much of a distance. Man, I even commented about people watching us when we slept. Fucking called it, didn't you? Yeah, they made it how stoked I was that you completely fucking goofed. <laughs> I loved it. I was like, she said, she was like, I'm gonna tell the guys and it's gonna be great. And then you didn't. And I was like, excellent. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. So, once again, really being careful to whisper. Mm-hmm. Um, should we wake up Tenshi? Not yet. Okay. Um, Ogden's actually not going to search for uh, any other oh, like slivers in this door that you know somebody could be watching through. Sure. So, is that an investigation or a perception? Um, let's go with an investigation. That's how I found it. Investigation. Ooh, intelligence based. Unfortunately, that's only a fourteen. Unless someone could actually place their eye on the ground and look, like, somehow, you don't imagine that, uh, like, because there's, there's two slivers, one for each of where the hinges are on the door. So, mm-hmm. one of them is relatively, like, a foot and a half, two feet off the ground, so that's pretty reasonable to reach, and the other one is, like, six feet off the ground. So, unless you're particularly tall, or had a stepladder, it would be less feasible for you to, like push your face against that sliver and look down through it. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you imagine that there's only these two spots where you could feasibly peep in without getting detected easily. Alright. Well, in that case... I think the ones... So you can only see part of the room. I think some of us should pretend to sleep, turn off the light, while the others... Stand behind the the door. To the side of the door. 
that can't be spied on. Yeah. I kind of assumed that since people were sleeping, the lights were going to be off anyway. Yeah. Did you by any chance see the color of the eyes? Did I see the color of the eye? No, not That's sleeping. That's just far-fetched. <laughs> Is it though? Yeah, a touch. Not 20 on my If I showed you a baker's dozen millimeter slice of someone's eye, could you identify it later? No. Of course not, because I'm not a fantasy character. <laughs> Too <laughs> true. It could have been a bright, unusual color. That is, that, is, that is absolutely correct, and it wasn't. I'll give you that for free. Mm-hmm. Okay. Arvin's going to try and cast Mending on the door to see if he can uh, close that little peephole. Huh. Hold on. Because <laughs> 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 if they can't spy in on us. They want to know. Mm-hmm. Mind you, the same effect could be gotten with, like, a scrap of cloth. Yeah, but this is more fun. Well, why not use magic? Yeah, it's a cantrip. <laughs> I love the fact that this is a cantrip. Hey, man, mending's got to be a thing in this campaign, too. We already bought it So, by the way I'm reading mending, the examples given are, like, prominent sort of integrity uh, crippling damage can be repaired with mending. Mm-hmm. It's like, if I... If I stitched two pieces of cloth together mm-hmm. and then like ripped it up ripped those two pieces back away from each other and you cast mending it would mend the seams mm-hmm. it would not mend it would not replace the thread whereas if it wouldn't make new thread yeah it, it would not it does not like it, okay. it it would re-adhere surfaces to itself it doesn't uh Recreate material. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. All right. So, so what you would be, you, what you'd be trying to exactly? Thank you. That's what I'm trying to get at. No, okay. No. So, it, should it should this door be worn down from usage, you cannot undo time. But if you like kick the door and like splinters flew off and cast mending, you would be able to repair the damage done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice try. Yes, indeed. Also, well, fuck you. <laughs> Mending has been a, a thorn in my DM screen for fucking ever. Okay. You, All right. Well, you, in that case, you know damn I'm well. Do the other thing. You've seen people in fucking every campaign I've ran be like, "Oh, look at this structural base problem." Mending. Got it. <laughs> oh, merchant, you're having a problem with your cart? A broken wheel? Mending. Let's go. Side quest <laughs> over. Like, ah, it's so annoying. <laughs> I'm going to take the uh, thing that Ben suggested and actually uh, now take out my sword, mm-hmm. cut off a little bit of my uh, winter coat, mm-hmm. and I'll mend this later, so don't worry about it. But I'm going to take that cloth <laughs> and stuff it into the, uh, into the hole. Sure. <laughs> into the hole, uh, both on the side that we uh, Ben saw the eye from, and at the bottom, so that they can't look in and up. And I'm assuming well, no one's going to be able to look through the uh, six-foot hole. So. Well, that, that, there's so, only two. Yeah. There's the six-foot and the two-foot one. And she saw through the two-foot one. Yeah, so... Oh, oh, so... I thought there, 
You said that there was something at the bottom. No, I was saying, like... I gotcha. Yeah, yeah. The, the door is pretty flush to the floor. Okay. And even if it wasn't, you can't exactly tell a lot of information about what's going on in a room by looking at the very, like, bottom centimeter of it. Hey, man, that guy has really nice shoes. We should drop this guy. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I'm going to stick cloth in there. And now I'm going to stand to the side of the door. Okay. So the only one left appearing asleep in there is Tenchi. Alright. Well, Finn's now going to sleep, I believe. And Hom and Karin is just probably statuesquely sitting in a seat somewhere. He's no, some... he just has AFK above his head. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> I, uh, I mean, I don't know if I'm going to be able to sleep after that. I know somebody's watching me. Well, not anymore. Someone was watching me. We got you, Finn. Plug their vision. Tenchi is just sitting there smiling and drawing. I, I, I think Tenchi would be a Julie sleeper. Tenchi would definitely be a Julie sleeper. Who am I to judge? <laughs> nope. Alright, well, I guess I'll try and sleep some. Sure. Alright. Uh, it's pretty quiet for a while. Um, I, I, are you guys, like, focusing your attention anywhere in particular? Are you doing anything, any, like, new rituals to, to like... Describe your guarding, because... I'm picturing us on either side of the door. Uh-huh. And then we're probably, you know, looking at the... Not the window, but the, the whatever the non-window thing is. The hatch. The hatch. The hatch. Is the hatch see-through when it's closed? No, it's it's metal, and it makes, like... Alright. It closes it. Like, um... I'd imagine it's like a security hatch that you'd, like, see on, like, a door... Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, right. Like, you know, it opens so the bouncer can look down and be like, what do you want? You know, that sort of thing. So just a few inches wide. Okay. I, uh... If I can do it... Yeah, no, it's verbal and semantic. Never mind. I probably can't do detect magic quietly. So, nope. I think I'm just going to hang out, be quiet, patiently wait for something to happen. Okay. Paying attention, or try and listen at the door at least. Alright, four? Yeah, I'm, I'm just kind of standing there, leaning up against the door. Okay. Or not the door, but the wall beside the door. Okay. Fun fact, you could probably use your axe to try and brace the door. We don't want to make it impossible for them to get in. We just want them to have a very nasty surprise once they do. Yep. Fair. <laughs> Let them come in. I will smite them down. Let them go. Uh, Alright, so the rest of your the rest of the evening, the rest of the night is relatively peaceful for quite a time. Um, but it's let's say it's a little bit before dawn. Uh, let's you know, let's assume that you guys maybe crack the hatch every now and then just to see what time of night it is. Because otherwise you have no fucking connection to the outside. Um, and you're just in like a box with no time. Mm-hmm. That's maddening. A, a, a bit. Uh, and then you hear and see a, like a like a little like you see the cloth or whatever that you had put there sort of fall off, covering the the sliver. And you and if you look at it, make a perception check. Are we still on either side of the door, or was this while we were messing with the hatch? Oh no, I would I would imagine that you guys are sitting there. 
Oops, not great. Mm -hmm. I only got four. Mm -hmm. Uh, 14. Okay. Um, so, by the time... So, Bork, you actually see it happen, but Ogden is not going to see it until he hears it sort of, like, flop over or you make a noise about it. Um, you see the top of the cloth get, like, poked in, but you don't see what poked it. So you, so you see, like, the cloth, like, forcibly get knocked over, like, knocked off the hole. Okay. I kind of look... Does Ogden even notice it? Not for a moment. So if you don't make an immediate action... Yeah, I'm gonna, like, point down to it, get his attention. Okay. Yeah, you see that the, the sort of cloth that you put up to cover the hole is, like, you know, off of it now. <laughs> Alright, well, being very... Sure, not to make any uh, noise. Uh, not at Bork. Okay. Do you guys interact with this situation at all, or just wait it out? I make some sort of hand gesture to to see if we should open the door. Fucking nuts. <laughs> all right, then Bork is gonna open up that door. Okay. So is it a uh, sliding door or does it like it's a swing it's a swing door. Is it swings it's a swinging door. Okay. And from what I remember it swings out into the hallway. Correct. Now I'm gonna swing it hard. Okay. <laughs> so the moment one D twelve door damage. Yeah. It was one D six plus six. Fuck you. This is a callback to a campaign, sorry. Yes. Can I swing it all the way up against the wall to the other side? Yeah, you may attempt to crush whoever is peering with the door if you'd like. Either way, this is going to wait tension to fuck up. A touch, yep. yeah. Alright, so you take a step up, like lean forward, and the creaking of the wood or something sets off whoever's obviously right outside your door. And you begin to hear pit, 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 pat down the hall as you slam the door open and see someone turn the corner going into the next car. Into the next what? Into the next car? Yes, make a perception check for details on that person. Just just Bork or? Uh, yeah, that's the person who opened the door, right? Alright. Mm -hmm. That is a 13. It is a average height. Cannot see much color, but it was clearly a cloaked figure of some sort. <laughs> I yell at everybody else, he's going this way, and I run after him. Right, it's towards the... just, like, rolls out of bed, eyes bloodshot, open, going, ah, what? Ooh, what? It is, it, is, uh, it is towards the front of the train. Oh, fuck. He <laughs> moves the old lady, I knew it. <laughs> Maybe. We're jumping to conclusions. Yeah, of course. Also, right. good luck keeping up. Um, I'm gonna do the same. I'm gonna, I would assume that that would wake me up. Yeah. I jump up. Yep. Uh, yeah, I slam the so door. So yeah, you guys, you guys, you two jump. Yeah, sorry, go ahead. Somebody was, uh, was spying on us. Fortuary after them. Go, go, go. Alright, so. I'm a good 15 feet per turn ahead of you guys. <laughs> yeah, you're also getting up and moving. And yeah. also not it's gonna... not like I have to grab weapons or shoes or armor. I know that. And it's not like Vin's doing that either. But it's, you know, my point is yeah. that just because you are physically faster... Uh, and more fleet of foot, 
does not You'll mean that you are... You'll probably catch up to Bork, but yeah. you are not ahead of Bork at this time. Right, thank you. Okay, fair. So Bork is out the hallway, and then you... And by the time Tenchi and Vin get to, like, pushing each other out of the way to get in the hall... Uh, Let's face it, that's not a contest. Well, let's <laughs> leave it as it is, for jokes. Um, Bork, you see the conductor turn the corner and choke slam this figure into the ground. Damn. Okay. Choke slam what? The figure that I was chasing. And then the whole cartoonish thing where we all just slam into the back of uh, the fork and just kind of like topple over into the floor. <laughs> At about this point, yeah. now that everyone's gotten out of the uh, room, Ogden's going to uh, leave the room. As he's closing the door, say, watch the room, Hummingbird. guard. Okay, so you guys all get so, out, and, then, and you guys are all in the hallway at this point. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Is, is Ogden bringing his uh, guardian with him? Nope, the guardian is immobile. Yeah, I was going to so say, the guardian there. can't move. Okay. But still got another hour or two left on it. So oh, yeah. Nice. yeah, yeah. Uh, and you all see a red cloaked figure... On the ground with a knee in their back or chest, hard to say from this angle. And the conductor looks up at you with almost a uh, silver stream of light with his, like, with the quickness that he looks up. And he goes, ah, I thought so, and looks back down. Almost eerily quick how fast this this, this individual is. Uh, but you can see that he is apprehending this person. Ogden walks up, and then, so who's the culprit? Sort of rips the, the the hood off of the individual, and what is exposed is a... Imagine if Medusa wasn't a, like a, a woman with snake hair, but just a regular woman. But, so, like, like knotty and dreadlocked, like, kind of gross hair, all messy in a nest on her head. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, piercing green eyes. Um, and probably fucking sharp teeth, um, but pinned to the ground in a very unflattering situation. Um, and the, the, the hallway is pungent with the stench of lavender and mint. Um, this is probably the culprit then. I asked what she was doing, uh, looking into our room. Are you asking her or I'm asking or, her. Okay, she's unresponsive and does not respond to you whatsoever. Is she conscious? Quite. Okay. Uh, no, the, the, no. The, the conductor looks and says, so you knew you were being spied on then? It became kind of apparent halfway through the night, yes. Oh, sorry to keep you from your sleep. Uh, you can see that he has put some manner of very ornate-looking uh, gilded manacles on this person. Do I recognize the gill? Oh, like, not 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 gilded necess- in in the the organization. Gilded as in gold. Yeah, okay. gilded as in like ornate. ornate looking. I just used the same type of word twice to double down on how fancy they look. But uh, yeah. hey, man, if you're gonna be arrested, you might as well be arrested for playing. Actually, I'm guessing that there's a special purpose to these handcuffs, but I don't know that this character. Mm. I'm, uh, while he is preoccupied with that, mm-hmm. and hopefully 
quiet enough and uh, not to draw his attention, uh-huh. I'm going to try and cast Detect Good and Evil and just get a scan of both of them. They're both evil. They're both evil. As in the Conductor too. Yeah. I knew I didn't like that guy. I'm going to... Uh, Let me double check that spell make sure I'm giving you the right information. No, it's Aberration, Celestial, Elemental, Fae, Fiend, or Undead within 30 feet. Okay, you are looking at a... You can discern discern that uh, the Conductor is a Fiend of some kind, Mm -hmm. and uh, what he has pinned is a Fae of some kind. I'm going to uh, push my way up towards uh, towards Vin and kind of whisper into her ear because she's about the same height as me. Sure. Trying to be very careful uh, not to let the conductor over here and uh, inform her of what I just discovered. Right. Okay. Um, I'm going to ask in Sylvan. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Oh, that's right. I can speak Sylvan now. <laughs> oh, you can? Yeah, I can now speak Sylvan. Okay, so I'm going to ask the Faye one, uh, what are you doing? Which one uh, is that? What? Which one is that? The one in the robes that's pinned. Oh, how does, yeah. how does Vin Faye, know? Yeah. You, wait, you said they were Faye, right? The well, one the that's one pinned that, yeah. is Faye. The one, yeah. the conductor, is a fiend. Right, but the only person that knows that information is Ogden. No, Ogden just which, told me. Yeah, which oh, yeah, just told me. Oh, sorry. Yeah. So I'm going to ask in Sylvan, uh, what do you want? Who are you working for? She spits uh, Icarus uh, mucus from her mouth, and it sort of burns the wood a little bit. And all you can hear in Sylvan is, the Sunderer will crush you and your stupid crystals again and again until this world rots. All right, um... You know what? That's not very nice. Oh shit! He's gonna hit her with the hammer. Yep. I'm about and ready. By hammer. hammer. And by hammer, I mean penis. No. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like fucking. Let's go. She's evil. I feel like yeah. Probably shouldn't we're... kill people who are already bound, but I mean. Is it really smart to do that with the conductor literally standing right there? I'm pretty sure he's going to have something to say about that. He, well, I, mm. He has, he may be a fiend, but as far as we know, he hasn't actually done anything. Ah, don't care. (laughs) I'm going to tell the conductor that she means us harm specifically. Let us handle her. Um, at this moment, he instead of having his knee and like pinning her, he stands up and plants a heavy boot on her back, looks at you, and a, it, it's it's mid it's not even morning yet, so it's a little dim. It becomes dark, and as he sort of like turns to you with a sort of seriousness that you have seen in him occasionally, but full on for the first time, 
you can, it's almost as if he turned to you and the lights in the hallway got snuffed out. Like, just, the walls are black, it is dark. And he we speaks, can still see him, right? Yes, very clearly. Okay. Uh, and Would you mind briefly describing what a fiend is to me? I'm not entirely sure what that is. Okay, so a fiend is someone from, oh, I should know the plane, but I don't. The plane of fiends. The abyss? Yes, I believe. Um, a fiend is, okay, so back in like 3-5, there was these two terminologies thrown a lot, around a lot, and it got kind of confusing, so they, they sort of coalesced them. Devil and demon. Right. Demons are chaotic evil. Devils are lawful evil. That's the difference. Um, and to confuse one for the other would be like looking at a red dragon and calling him a, one of the metallic dragons and vice versa. It's, it's a big insult to be confused for the other. Um, because to the devils, they see the demons as barbaric savages with no sense of right or wrong, and just being a, like, a, a, a manipulatable, but ultimately a blight on their attempts to control the world. Whereas the demons see the devils as sort of, like, archaic and traditional and, you know, having their own stupid weird ways, uh, that sort of thing. So, like, if you were to think of a devil, think of, like, Mesistopheles from Faust right. or something like that. Um, whereas a demon is, like, Cerebus. You know, like, this just this brutish being of evil. Mm-hmm. And so which one is this guy? He is a fiend. Now, in 5th edition, fiend, devils and demons are both fiends. Okay. So knowing that this person is a fiend is not indicative as to whether or not he's a devil or a demon. Okay. I'm going to say he's probably along the more lines of devil, considering the seriousness of the situation, and he hasn't just outright murdered this person. That's a fair assumption, but you don't know. Right. No, no. I'm not asking you for clarification. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know that. So, anyway. So, he, he plants his sort of foot on this being and looks at you all and asks in a deep tone with almost like a black smoke puffing out of his mouth like a dragon would if it was talking angrily, sort of says, I would ask you kindly to go to your room, please. I will handle this. No. I believe there's a lot more going on here than meets the eye. And I, for one, am not turning away from a fight. And I take out my mace. It is not a fight. Tension. Tenchi will actually stand in between the two parts and go, calm down. No talk. Sit. And almost as if he had spoke a word of divine power. He sort of raises his hand with like a, like a, like a, away from him gesture. Mm -hmm. Everyone make, uh, wisdom saving throws. Seventeen total. Okay. Got proficiency in wisdom. I do. Hell yeah. Nineteen. Nineteen. Okay. Twenty-one. Nice. But <laughs> you. All right. Everyone except for Vin is going to forcibly, despite their your desires, take a knee and almost lower your head. Well, shit. God, Nineteen well. wasn't good enough. Sorry. <laughs> like, I can still speak, I'm just being... Yeah, you are completely within the control of your of your awareness and consciousness, but your body is refusing to react to what you're asking it to do. Fair. Except for Ben. 
Okay. Yeah, and and good. and then you can tell that your your friends all just took a knee as if bowing to royalty. They're not hurt. They're not in any pain, obviously, but they are clearly not acting within what you expect them to be doing. So you can tell something is off, and you can tell that he attempted to manipulate you and failed. Uh, I'm going to say uh, uh, release my friends. Um. Yeah, I'm going to demand he releases my friends and try and not do anything too threatening. Okay, but just just demand that he release your friends. Yes. He is going to, his arm is still like out in this like sort of get away from me gesture. And out from the sleeve of his conductor's uh, attire, a sort of uh, spiky chain is going to fall down. And a couple links of it, until a couple links of it are like on oh, the ground damn. resting. He's a chain devil. And he's going, he's going to say, you and your friends have until my chain reaches my sleeve again before I retaliate. I will release your friends and you will go back to your cabin. Am I understood? Um, understood. Masterful. Well, At that, he was offhand, he sort of snaps. The uh, effect on the players is removed. And you can see that, not like quickly, but you imagine you probably only have about 10 seconds before his chain winds back up into his sleeve. As it sort of just holds his arm there, staring you collectively down. Guys. Are we fighting this? Tenchi's still standing in between Ogden, Bork, and the Fiend. I believe so you took a knee, buddy. <laughs> we got back up. Well, did right. you? Just yeah. that we were released. So, unless you guys are going to go, he's not moving because he really doesn't want this train to be outright destroyed. I'm going to give you guys the chance to talk this over, but I have a 30-second timer in my mind. Uh, what are we doing here? I don't know. This guy... Please leave. We don't need this right now. Well, if he's been this powerful this long, how come it's taken so damn long to find this person? I feel like they're in cahoots. I think and that is... Uh, the crystals couldn't find them. Why would he be able to? I want to know... The crystals uh, aren't here, though. No, but I want to know what he's planning to do with her. It's at this point that the last link goes into his sleeve and says, Time's up. Make your move. What are you planning on doing with her? Does it matter? Matters to us. Justice. To now Go. Tenchi's just looking at Ogden with like look and says, please, just trust us. Just trust me. God damn it, Tenchi. Alright. Ogden lowers his weapon and begins to head, head away. Bork doesn't lower his weapon, but he backs away. As you guys begin to do this, the light returns naturally to the room. And you can you see him grab the being by the by the handcuffs, like effortlessly, put him over his shoulder and walk away. Okay, why can't Han Car be here so that he can track bitch? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can too, but it's the question of whether or not we want to borrow this. We just like submitted to evil and just let evil do what it wants. No, not exactly. 
comfortable with that? It's different than that. We didn't submit to evil. We submitted to an evil being that A, outclassed us, and I don't know B, that we didn't fight it. And B, the only way to determine power level is to fight it. Yeah, what? power levels are bullshit. I just, I just, I love, I love your like, well, we didn't fight it. I'm like, yeah, because that's the only way to determine if you're more powerful than something. Hey, yeah. I wasn't the one kneeling. Yeah, it's because you rolled really high on your will save. I need a plus two to all will saves from my staff. Yeah, you rolled all really saves, well. All saves, all saving rolls, but anyway. But we, we, we I didn't believe Bork's trying to do something. Sorry. Cast Hunter's Mark on the, the Fae. Okay. Hmm, that's fair. Last for an hour. Yep. And within a mile. Is that blocked by a uh, sheet of metal or bullshit like that? First level divination. I don't know. I'll look into it and make a call. I'll let you know. It would say it at the bottom. Let's see. Nope, it doesn't say anything about being blocked by uh, any of that material stuff, so yeah. Why would a fiend care if we are, if, you know, random fae are robbing people? Well... Unless the the fiends have a problem with the Sunderer as well. I don't think it's so much as simple as that. I think it's actually just less simple than that. It's or more simple than that. It's fiends and devils don't like or devils and demons don't like each other. I've made a judgment call on the uh, Hunter's Mark real quick. So okay. the reason why Hunter's Mark as it's printed does not distinguish anything about like uh you know, through two feet of wood, a foot of stone, an inch of lead, et cetera, et cetera, is because it is not a connection. Mm-hmm. Like, your hunter's mark does not let you just, like, tap into it for a moment and immediately know where that being is. What it does is it almost makes them leave a unique and specific effect to you to track. It's and like UV paint. Essentially. And, and and so it is essentially leaving a trail that you have advantage to find. Okay. So that's why those don't come into play. Okay. That actually works out quite well. Mm-hmm. Um, but getting back to the previous topic. Yeah, go ahead. Um, I'll be right back. Fighting this thing was not in our best interests at all. And while it might not sit well with you, you're certainly going to have to be okay with it in the long run because it's... Yes, it's an evil being, but it itself has done no evil act to us. That we're aware of so far. Right, that we're aware of. Now, answer me this. Roderick told us that something, multiple things perhaps, on this train mean us harm. Right, it said an entity, whether it was a single individual or multiples, he did not know. Because the entirety of the train, because it is lead made, is impenetrable to certain magics. What if the fate is not the one that means us harm? It is entirely possible possible that that is the case, and you know what? I will completely agree if, like, if you say, I fucking called it, I hate you, you know, okay, it's fine. (laughs) But it doesn't, it wouldn't make sense. we, We know... I can only assume that Faze and Fiends probably don't get along too well. If anyone can back that up with a knowledge check. <laughs> what a novel. Uh, also, flat out insulted us. 
What? No, he gave us no. He gave us no insult that I could tell. Okay, he did. <laughs> what the person who was pinned, right? Yeah. yeah. That insult. was an insult. Yeah. Well, more importantly, he did the thing that no, Sunderer. No, 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 no. He, the Fae, told oh, us the That's right. that the Sunderer was going to crush us and the crystals. Congratulations. It's told us the same thing we've known since we first learned about the Sunderer. Yes, but Ogden was just saying that it could have meant us no harm and it could have been the, the conductor. Yeah, so right. therefore, no, it can't be. They can be in cahoots, but this thing still means us harm. It still means us harm if the conductor is even planning on letting it live. Either way, this thing is never going to see the light of day again. You put a lot of faith in this conductor. Yes, you do. I have absolutely zero interest in good or evil. Good that is you. subjective. Well, we've backed away from the fight now, so there's not a whole lot to do. And honestly, getting into a fight in a narrow hallway on a train full of innocent bystanders, really? We're more likely to blow the train up and tear it apart and kill hundreds of people than we are to kill our one parent. Whatever it takes. <laughs> and right. that is something Tenshi is not okay with. So I imagine, I imagine you all are back in your cabin at this point, talking so yeah, openly about this stuff. Yeah, okay. Maybe a little loudly, but in the cabin. But that does answer one very interesting question as to why they were so opposed to uh, divination magic. Probably because the L-Rail employs fiends as conductors. Well, I mean, we saw a bar owned by a, a tavern owned by a fiend. How is that any different? What I'm saying is, if they're not above enslaving elementals to drive the train, why wouldn't they be above enslaving fiends? Because I don't think he was a slave. He might have been. Alright. You do notice how every time he has to ask for permission before entering somebody's room, he is bound by certain rules. That might just be the train company. Maybe that's what you get with lawful evil. Yeah, exactly. Uh, okay. Um... Can I do a knowledge religion check? On that now. All about what? Uh, the whole thing that he had the chain kind of slick, uh, slinking out of his sleeve. Sure. Let's see. Religion. That's a 26. Jesus Christ. That's, fuck, he's a cleric. What do you expect? Like, this is the role he nails. Like, yeah. A, ranger, even have one of a ranger does survival. A rogue picks locks. A cleric knows his fucking gods. Like that's <laughs> that's the thing. That's the thing. That's the thing he read a hundred books on. You know, he's a dwarf. He's like, how old? He did his religious study on feed culture. Now that was his thesis. It was like seven pages. It was really long. So what does he know? He wrote an EC. I'm trying to find out what he knows. Hold tight. It's probably definitely a uh, chain devil of some sort. Uh, in the meantime, while he's looking that up, I gotta hit the restroom. Orc wants to hit something. <laughs> I am like, I'm cool just starting a fight. Let's see what happens. Yeah. But Ogden and I just kind of looked at each other and we were just like debating whether or not to completely ignore Tenchi and just go full on on this guy. Yeah, that would not have gone well for the party at all. 
I don't know much D&D lore, so, like, I don't know who a chain demon is or a fiend or right. if it's a bad thing or a not the Very evil, thing. very powerful things. Kill well, them all. Not, not all of them. There are such things as lesser devils and lesser demons. Right, no, but a chain demon, specifically, if my memory serves me well, isn't exactly a weak thing. I mean, yeah, they're 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 not they're not scrubs. No, sure. they're not scrubs. I mean, are they the most powerful devils? Not really either, but they're they're not they're not uh they're not to be taken lightly. That's for sure. Yeah. And that hallway was maybe five feet wide. Now, and also, I want I I probably should save this and say it again when when Ogden gets back, <laughs> but I want to point something out here, like. Just because what I'm going to tell you guys is, like, the lore of devils according to 5th edition, the, you guys have seen, like, other traditional fa- fantasy tropes kind of been turned on their head in Galzar. So, yeah. just because you hear a word, orc, you know, you think, oh, like, Lord of the Rings orcs, or this, or whatever. Like, orcs in Galzar, they're brutish, and they are, they have their edges that are very rough, but they're not... They're not bloodthirsty, green-skinned monsters. They're nomadic traders. They're they're hunters and gatherers. They're the governess like, and craftsmen and all those other world folks. Right, like they they're they're slightly different. So when I tell you what the book has to say on devils, so I can keep consistent to the game's rule set, do not take that as one hundred percent base face value on what devils are. Um, for y'all's are because because it's it's a different world. There. What I miss? Nothing. Nothing really. Okay. I just I just explained to them uh, to bear in mind, like as I answer your religion check about devils, to bear in mind that Yalzar is different from the base game setting, and while Yalzar is based off of Dungeons and Dragons' setting, it is not, you know the Sword Coast, or whatever. You know, it's not Greyhawk. It's it's its own setting with its own tweaks to the ways the world works. Mm-hmm. So, uh, your religion check was tw- 26. 26. For what, exactly? Um, basically, I wanted to be able to piece together whether that was or was not a chain devil. Gotcha. So, chains are pretty common when it comes to the imagery, iconography, and weaponry of devils, because a lot of devilry as a, as a, as a being is, is, it's hard to think of devils and not think of oppression to some extent, even to the utmost extent of something like pure enslaving or slavery, where Mm -hmm. chains would obviously be very paramount in. So without seeing the devil's true form, or, or that fiend's true form, it would be almost impossible to be like, oh, that's definitely a chain demon or a chain devil, or it's just a devil who likes to use chains for something like ga- like gauging time like he was doing. So while you know about chain devils and you know how prominent chains are used in their iconography, it would mm-hmm. you are unsure, but you think it is a definite possibility that what you encountered was a chain devil. And considering that it was chains, you can unabashedly know that what you're dealing with was a devil and not a demon. Demons don't use chains. They just use weapons and kill things. Mm -hmm. (coughs) Mm-hmm. All right. 
We're going to quietly inform the party of that. Hmm. Or even the conductor is in on something. We don't know that. Alright, so how long are you guys going to wait? Because generally speaking, uh, after you all are served your breakfast for the day, is when curfew ends. Mm -hmm. But judging if you open the hatch, judging by the time of morning, breakfast might be pretty soon, so you wouldn't have to wait very long, but about an hour. So after my hundredth mark. So we stick around for breakfast? Or hundredth Yeah. You guys don't seem to want to take, it, take the, the fight to them, so... Yeah, let's... I'm uh, not interested in fighting you. If you guys go, I will not go with you. Uh, so another... Another thing is that the, uh... The dude that we talked to, who tipped us off to the religious sect, referred to it as a religious sect. He seemed to imply that there was more than one of them. What do you think about that? And she did... Uh, it sounded like he implied that there was more than one, but... True, and we didn't see any red veils on the thing that we chased. Did yeah, we, we did. Yeah, mm -hmm. very yeah. much so. I, I think oh, okay. I'm not telling. Yeah, I'm not telling you as a DM that that sect is your goal line, but with the information you've heard, the person that was just apprehended in front of you is unabashedly part of that group. And so the, you can check out the rest of that group. And the Elven man did not specify how many there were. He didn't know. Right. But he said it was we a group, know. right? Yeah, he did say it was a group, yeah, so more than one. Back towards the end of the train. Yeah. So we might want to be wary of the rest of them and go check it out. Let's see if there's any more. We all have to go together, or if you guys are going to stay here, you have to absolutely promise me, swear to me, that you will not go after the fiend. I think we should stick together, probably. I don't know. I'm going to uh, keep an eye at the door, looking out into the hallway and seeing uh, who all passes and whatnot. Oh, the door's open? Oh, the door's open. I'm asking you. No, I thought the door was closed and then yeah. there was the uh, the little, like, peephole. Oh, okay, yeah, so you're looking through the people. Gotcha, I misunderstood. Yeah. And at this point, I'm going to go ahead and uh, mend that uh, scrap of... Uh, of cloth back to my just to rub the salt in the wound. Oh my god, I would break things all the time and mend them. Just like flag and veil, another Yeah. Mending. Yeah, yep. exactly. So would, I, so would I. So would I. I'm gonna mend your bones, sir. Whoa. That's not how that works. Um okay, so what's the call? I didn't exactly understand what the action is. So I was like, I we're going to wait till breakfast and then go check out the religious cult at the uh, caboose. Yeah, Tim and I are going to go check yeah. out the religious cult. Yeah, I think cult. we should all go together. But after breakfast? Sure. Okay. But that's, like, we would have to pick locks and get past people if we were to go now. Right. Setting off curfew is not going to be good, because then, you know, every team man will come by and say, you know, I told you, stay in your goddamn room, and you right. can listen, and now I've killed you. We can try. All right, so I'm pretty sure he'll succeed. So, um, uh, eventually, you guys kind of periodically, you know, look out the hatch and bear in mind, you guys are traveling through a mountain range right now, so it's not like you're you're seeing a lot. Mm -hmm. But it is light enough to be like, okay, it's day. 
Um, <coughs> and uh, it seems about breakfast time, your, your stomachs are certainly saying, hey, man, it's about breakfast time. Much not a potato. Don't even care. That's a pretty big potato if you're still munching on it. Yeah, a little bit. He, like, fell asleep with it halfway in his mouth. Yeah. <laughs> uh, honestly, would you be surprised at that? Yes. Uh, okay, so there's a knock at the door. Breakfast. Uh, Open the door. <laughs> the, the conductor is standing there. Uh, he says... Awkward silence. Right. May I and breakfast come in? Breakfast sure. can come in. Very well. He sort of steps to the side, and the person you've seen morning after morning that has been bringing you breakfast sort of pushes the cart in uh, and steps back out. And uh, and then, you know, he sort of... She sort of... The, the server sort of walks away. He stands back in your doorway, because it's still open, and says... It has unfortunately fallen upon my shoulders as a member of this corporation to bring to light what you have witnessed this morning. May I come in? Tenshi just says yes. He doesn't even ask permission from the rest of the group. What was the question? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he asked, you know, can I come in? And Tenshi said yeah. Yeah, so Tenshi's saying yes. Yeah, you said yeah. Tenshi said yes, but he's go. but he's not looking to Tenshi for approval. Oh. Ogden, uh... And shrugs and nods his head. I would understand at this point if you would all like to sit on one side of the room and I sit on the other. Well, let's hear what you have to say. Come on in. All right, he sort of comes in and takes his seat. And you notice that this door after him or no? Uh, you guys have. He has never once handled your door. It's been entirely you to do. So. All right. It would well, be. It would be. Open the door, so it would be weird for him to door. close the door. Or at least I wouldn't say weirdness, but it would be it would it would be it would be different for your all's perspective to see him close the door. Gotcha. Um, so he takes a seat uh, on on one of the sides. I don't know who is sitting where, but um, are you all Tenshi like trying to sit? You're sitting next to him. No, Tenchi will be Switzerland and just kind of be in a position so he's in between both parties. Okay. Uh, Vin, are you sitting next to him, or is anyone sitting on one side or the other? Because I'm sitting a uh, decent ways away from him as far as you can get in, like, the tiny cabin. Sure, okay. And just being alert. I mean, I clearly do not trust the guy. Right. Uh, you notice at this point that the breakfast tray is much more lavish than the recent breakfasts have been. Uh, maybe <laughs> a bribe, maybe an apology, hard to say. But uh, definitely um, notable, notable, like... It's, uh, you know, there's, there's, there's fresh pancakes that smell of butter and like a gravy train of syrup. There's uh, fresh sausage and an egg and just a, a wonderful array of breakfast foods made for you. Whereas previous mornings haven't exactly been like trail rations for breakfast, but they weren't exactly like this nice. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he asks that if, you would trust him so much as to come into this room uh, to trust the food that has been brought while I explain myself and the company. Tenchi grabs sausages and some pancake and some gravy and just goes to town. (laughs) Sure. Because Um, potatoes aren't that great when they're raw. Fact. Glad you were able to come (laughs) around and admit that. Oh, no, I don't admit it. (laughs) 
freely, I will admit. But when you're hungry... When you're hungry, I'll starve for an hour until I get back to my cabin and have some trail rations rather than eat a raw fucking potato. You're implying yeah. Tenchi is smoking enough to... I'll, uh, I'll wait until after he leaves. Yeah. Do the things I'm gonna do. <laughs> okay. But, um, I'll go ahead and take a seat next to him if I need to. No, no, no. he he he. It is fully, like, reasonable for you, all four of you, to be sitting on one bench and him on the other, and you guys not be uncomfortable, so... All if right. you choose to do that, it's within your realm of possibility. All right. So okay, so... He sort of uncrosses his arms and sort of lowers his head a little bit and opens his hands. This sort of a welcoming sort of moment. And, get, and goes, Well, I suppose the illusions are not necessary, yes? Sure. see that. Yes. And uh, the door's closed, right? Yep. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So he sort of like whisks one hand towards the door and a sheet of, of like darkness sort of covers that wall. So if, mm-hmm. if there are any cracks that you were not aware of, they are definitely covered at this point. And it's he sort of, as if he was to dress himself like a Disney princess with magic, he does that sort of gesture and his clothes sort of seem to like scatter away in embers for, you know, but nothing set on fire. It's just a visual effect. And there <laughs> sitting before you is a red... Uh, like, upper level, like, uh, skinned and, like, softer red front clothed human being in very snappy, very nice dress, like, very, uh, business professional, like, I want to say a suit and tie, but that wouldn't be, like, thematically appropriate, so imagine what a wealthy person in Yalzar would look like dressed, and that's what this person looks like. Okay. Um, except... He has like uh, a small like uh, like a small like priest cap on his head, mm-hmm. wrap. But it is instead of cloth, it is a wrap of chains upon the top half of his head. Interesting. And oh, instead of like dreadlocks that would hang from it, a couple of chains do. And he says, "I am assuming any sort of gestures with two fingers pointing at the two of you, uh, Ogden and Borg." I assume that at least to the two of you, you all understand why I cannot forfeit my true name. Yeah, makes yeah. sense. But to your simpler tongues of this plane that I am residing in, residing in, I am a chain devil, and I am one of many devils in this world. It should be of no obvious point here that the Elorail, including myself, is almost entirely comprised of fiend and devil people. Interesting. Huh. Comprised of fiends and devils. Huh. So, so are he's, you he's bound used, to work? No, or? sorry. He, I wanted to touch on that because you guys are like fiend. He's using that like as a descriptor, not the mechanic ones. Mm-hmm. So, he doesn't mean demons and devils. They would never work together. <laughs> Right. He's just using other 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 words for devil. Um, so you asked him what? I didn't ask uh, him. If he was uh, bound and being forced to work the LRL. Oh, we quite enjoy it thoroughly. You all love our, using our service, and we make a wealthy coin doing it. So why would we feel in any way enslaved? All right. Oh, shit, now it makes sense. Out of characters, all makes a lot of sense now. 
Goddamn genius. <laughs> Yeah. So, what became of the uh, perpetrator? Well, considering that that they were not exactly amongst this realm's normal inhabitants, I cannot promise you that it's dead. But the form that it took certainly is. Hmm. Along with its four friends, all sharing a cabin together. All of the gold that has been pilfered has been found and accounted for. And will be returned to you before we arrive at our destination today. All right. That's good news indeed. Looks like it was the pilgrims after all. Wrapped up pretty pretty handily. Yes, as I promised you about a day and a half ago. Indeed. So, is there anything you need from us? Yes, quite a few things, honestly. Although it's not like they're going to come freely. Not that I expect you to ask for them freely to be done nor do I expect you to leave here doing so. Obviously, what I look like is a secret. What the LRL is doing is a secret. These are expensive secrets, and while I make no promises nor declare any threats, I cannot promise the safety for you or anyone that shares your last name should these secrets get out and we determine that it comes from you. Again, I do not expect you to keep your tongue tongue to yourself for free. Nothing is. And... Well, to be honest, whatever pathetic bloodlines you all seem to think important, those are not an ample price for what it would cost the company to have rumors of what it is be spread. So we mean to pay you consciously and, well, enough to make sure it stays a secret. If you were simpletons, I could very easily make you forget. But I can tell, as not all of you even took a knee earlier this morning, that I'm dealing with a caliber of individual that requires my respect, and therefore you have it. So, is there a price? <clears throat> free, free yellow rail passes for life? Passes for life. I do not take bribes. From fiends. No insult. But. Hmm. I would not go around masquerading the idea that it is a well kept secret that you all have all stumbled onto this morning. So, at the concept of that we established of giving away free permanent passes to all patrons who knew it, we would probably noticeably lose money. So I cannot do that for you, or at least not a lifetime, especially considering how some of the people in this room have uh, different understandings of what the word lifetime means in comparison to others. <laughs> so for your tall friend, sure, a lifetime pass, no problem. You, little one, no. Well. Little one, he's looking at Van, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, 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 obviously. We got that. I'm going to chuckle. Ogden says, I have no intention of spreading your secret, but I also have no intention of taking your bribes. Well, then your friends can take your share. I don't much give a damn. Is Bork one taking either? Defense. Would Bork? Paladins. Character building. Yeah. Fear not, Fred. I'm going to pat them on the shoulder. (laughs) I can just see, Vin. Fear not, I'll take your share for you. As she looks over with heartfelt expression in the face, the dollar signs for (laughs) her Signs in the eyes. (laughs) Yep. 
Um, I, I'll carry this burden. Cha-ching. Um, uh, I will uh, help my more principled friends out and uh, take whatever uh, portion is available to them Um, uh, you will have my silence uh, guaranteed wonderful because I will lose my vacation here on the material plane should the secret get out Mm. this is a vacation how, do you know where I come from? Delver Day? <laughs> Much farther that, that away. That is probably exactly what Tenshi would say. Right, right. <laughs> Much farther away and substantially less pleasant, I assure you. So, uh, I can tell you honestly, I don't have probably the bartering chips that you're all looking for, but judging that you're heading south from the north, you're going to the big city. Yes. And here, he takes from a fold of his jacket a black paper envelope sealed with a golden wax and hands it to the group collectively, not to any one of you particularly. Okay. Uh, so there's, like, one for each of us, or? No, no one envelope. Oh, one envelope. Okay. Like, he could probably just put it on the breakfast card and call it easy. Probably. Okay. Um... I open the envelope well, and peek inside. Do you, do, you, do, you, do you take it? Uh, yeah, I take it. All right. He says, do not open it until you are standing within the confines of the great city and somewhere safe. And he, uh, lets, and he lets go of the can envelope. I, can I do a perception check on the envelope? Sure. Or just a whatever. I just want to know yeah. more about it. Perception check is fine. Uh, well... I got like a six, so it's an envelope. <laughs> it, it is a very fancy black paper envelope with a golden seal. The uh, symbol on in the wax is the symbol of the Elamrail system. Okay, so, is it heavy? No, not very. I mean, not, okay. not, not any more than a regular letter. Um, so no, it's not right. like filled with coin or anything like that. I will... Uh, Pocket the envelope. Alright. Arden's being very quiet not to say anything that would, you know, want oh, offend or worsen the situation. Sure. He's already made his stamp like Um, is this your payment for our silence? I'm going to gesture to the Envelope. This is your invitation to speak with someone who could properly compensate you. Ah. Huh. Understood. Um. Is there anything else you need from us? Yes. Should anyone ask why you need to speak with someone concerning that letter, tell them Cornix sent you. Cornus? Corn X. Okay. Um, so I hope that that is acceptable, and, well, considering that at last I checked the ledger, you all are traveling to our next stop, but you are actually heading to the great city, yes? Correct. Yes. Yes. So, consider your ticket cost to your destination void and refunded, and no cost to attend your stay at, at Yal itself. 
Hmm. Alright. I mean, we still have to pay for the next ticket. So, he's sending us on through to... To Yao, if you want to. To Yao. Uh, yes. Certainly. Okay. I mean, it's up to you guys whether you want to stay on the train. Well, the whole entire reason why we were going to get off the train here was so that we could get a cheaper way to where we're going. Mm-hmm. So, we've got a cheaper way yep. to where we're going. Yeah. Literally. This makes, uh, uh, makes sense. Uh, I don't even remember what the cost of the ticket was. I think it was like 80. It was 80 to get... Say what? It was, yeah, it was 80 per person to get to where you're going and 200 a person to get to... Um, and now all that's uh, just waived and also re- re- refunded. Um, refunded? Yeah. So you all, all should right. receive your 80 gold back. Um... You on could, top of you all could, the rest of our gold. Well, yeah, I would, I would. Well, you haven't received that back yet, and you haven't received the eighty gold refund yet. But you can go ahead and write it down. I'm not gonna like okay. pull the rug up from under you. All right. Thanks, actually. Yeah, I know we all did. <laughs> I remember as a group we lost just about three k. Most yep. of that was from Van. I mean, mine was in about the mid 400s. I never yeah. erased mine because oh, I was good. like, I'm getting this shit back. Yeah, right. No, I know that. I knew that it, the the like the vast majority of the wealth in the group was in Haman Karn and uh, <laughs> and Vin. Yeah. Uh, I want to <laughs> say Haman Karn had like 800. Vin had like 1300 or something. Yeah. Uh, and then the rest of you had, you know. A smattering of amount to make the difference, yeah. but it, it yeah, was, I think oh. I with the eighty k return, I have about four hundred and fifty. Yeah, that's about it. Um, yeah, I think I had just barely enough to afford my ticket, and that yeah. was all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was all you had, because you know armor and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he so he continues. If unless you have a question right away. Not right away. I'm I'm still thinking about how I want to formulate questions. Sure. He says. So that is most that I can do for you in terms of compensation directly. However, I have been permitted to answer and field to the best of my allowance or permission your questions that I'm sure you have. This is um, a one-time opportunity. What did the Fay woman... Uh, reveal about her motivations for the theft and attack. There we go. Near as I could tell, was trying to harm you all and other people on the rail or in this ride for their wealth so that they could not continue to travel for whatever reason it is that you're traveling. Did they have any symbol of or any thing relating to a hammer on their persons. Oh, this? And he pulls from another pocket a medallion or like a, a, a hammer, very similar to what took control of you before. Yeah, that. Yes, I figured so. He puts it back in his coat pocket, completely seemingly unaffected by whatever effects it had had on you all. Mm-hmm. It makes sense. So, if nobody else is going to ask the obvious question, I will 
Uh, does the word Sunderer mean anything to you? Or the name Sunderer mean anything to you? Uh, other than the fact that it's probably a person who breaks things, and then he switches to Sylvan and and looks directly at... Um, Vin. Vin, thank you. It wouldn't be the four crystals of the world that he would be sundering, now would it? That we would be sundering? Is that what... He sort of he sort of mid sentence talking I, to the group switches. I'm sorry, I just didn't catch what you said. Sure. He switches to you and goes, "It wouldn't be the crystals of the world that he's attempting to sunder, now would it?" And this is in Sylvan, mind you. Right. Um, so Ogden also gets it. Yep. Yeah. Ogden certainly does. Uh, Honestly, out of character. There's no point in lying to him. Yeah, so, uh, yes, that is what we seek to prevent. <sighs> he sort of sighs, almost happy to have the information, but a little frustrated at, the, at, at having it as well. He sort of scratches his skin. Yes, of course, I suppose that makes sense. This is in common. Mm. Well... That's troublesome. He reaches back in for the the hammer and gestures it to the group of you. Do you want this? We want to destroy it. But we've yet to be able to find a way to do so. So then, yes or no? We do not want it, no. We wish wish for someone to destroy that. If you are capable of doing that, please do it now. Right here? No, I'm not. But I know someone. We'd be interested in knowing who. I imagine the person that you're going to talk to and Yao will be able to direct you to that person. So do we want to take it to, take it to them? Well, it doesn't seem to be affecting him. See, but at the same time, it could get stolen. It him. could. Get I seriously doubt it. It's getting stolen. Yeah, alright. How confident are you that you could hold on to that thing not affected by it. Oh. He sort of like sort of rubs his brow with it. I'm, my apologies. I do realize the magic within this thing, but I simply have overlooked the fact that someone such as yourselves so, or would have been subjected to it. No, yes, I, I, I to me it is a simple bobble. Hmm. I'm pretty sure if you want to kill him. But he said it's just a simple wobble. To him, because... Yeah. If he can destroy it, let him destroy it. No. If you would... um, It's not affecting him. It affects us. Do us the favor of destroying it. Uh, It would make our lives much simpler. Well, consider it done. It's the least I can accomplish for you. He puts it back in his coat pocket. So, any other questions before your breakfast runs cold? How much longer till you out? Well, considering that we'll be stopping today for until the evening, we'll be arriving around top of the sun. I imagine we would be there within a week. A week. All right. Tenchi just grows. All right. That is that. 
Uh, I assume uh, Cornix was your name? Oh, of course not. No? Okay. Well, then, uh, thank you, Conductor. That'll do. Oh. Alright, I don't have any further questions. Very good. Then this conversation never happened. You were not given a special breakfast, and other than that, I am just a conductor to you. Have a nice day. And he steps, steps, sort of stands up, brushes whatever dust that would be on him, that there isn't any, and in that gesture he looks back like he always had. A tall, middle-aged human with short hair and a conductor's uniform. And he opens the door like and walks out. I like to imagine out. it's an evil, magical girl transformation. Sure, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, what's the opposite of Sarah Moon? <laughs> uh, whatever the, the bad scouts were called in that. Like, the, the, the two that worked for the bad lady. I don't remember what they were called. I've never seen an episode of Sailor Moon. Are you serious, dude? What? I know. I watch Sailor Moon. I've seen some of Sailor Moon. And not because I have a little sister. Like, I straight up was like, dude, Sailor Moon is dope. <laughs> to be fair, it kind of is. Yeah. Anyway. Sentai shows uh, aside. All right. Hmm. So he walks out and closes the door behind him, which he has done before. Well, that was very interesting. How do you agree that letting him go was the best idea? What was that, Benji? said, now do you agree that letting him go was the best idea? Actually, I'm much more uncomfortable being on this train now, knowing all this. Yep. Another whole week on this damned train. Yep. I'm just worried about being on the train for a week because I just want to get up and stretch and run around. You don't want to be on the train because it's full of literally evil people. Yeah. <laughs> so, now, that actually brings up an excellent question for your campaign, Kenny. Sure. Uh, is this normal that fiends just are allowed to walk around the world? Well, I kind of like to play with demons, devils, and angels and all of that shit. Kind of like mm-hmm. how the Constantine world works. Mm-hmm. Where, like, to 95 plus percent of the population of the material plane, mm-hmm. you don't know that the person right next to you is a demon or a devil or an angel. Mm-hmm. But they're but they are. Mm-hmm. You know? Like well, how how are, <laughs> interesting. I know alignments are different kind of a little bit, but they're evil. So what are they doing that's evil if they're just working as conductors or people on this train? Well, he sells well, a vacation, so, they're, they're, so I can only assume they're that lawful, this is a break from oppression. That, that they're lawful evil, right? Yeah. So, okay. what do you think of when you think that a being, don't don't classify it as a human, don't classify it as a devil, don't classify it as a, a pixie spirit? A politician. Okay. Darth Vader. Okay. What makes those beings evil? They lie. They cheat. They do morally questionable things... For morally questionable people, but have a code of honor that backs it, and they're bound by that. They use the the law to their advantage. Their law is evil, but they are bound to that law. And so, seeing that the elemental rail system is literally ran by devils, what part of that doesn't line up? They're they're literally siphoning wealth out of the material world for the devils, and they get to enslave elementals for. <laughs> You well, know, I mean, binding. Yeah, literally, they're using their power to enslave and bind creatures to power their trains. 
Ooh, did I liked the idea of the vacation, and it reminds me almost a little bit of um, Crowley from Good Omens. Right. Holy where, shit! Yeah. Where, where he designed the uh, the um, some kind of like the highway system in England because it's so irritating, and causes people yes. so much frustration. Yes. How he like, was part of that co-op board or whatever. That's what it reminds me of a little bit. Sure. But like the but like the cons I I didn't actually I didn't intend to steal that like that. But like the concept is imagine like imagine working a job that you fucking hate, but you're really good at it. And then and then your boss says, Hey, we're gonna move you to this other location and one it's like things that you know are like one, it's a way easier job. Two, it's a much more relaxing environment. Like, most of the people don't even know who you are there. You can go there and underperform all you want as long as you just meet the criteria. That's what it's like for these devils. Like, they get to leave the shitty, always on fire, nothing but screams of agony, like, realm that is, like, Christian or Catholic hell, and come to the material plane where the sun shines every day. And, like, you know, you can... super chill. Right. Like, there's there's no higher demon breathing actual fire down your neck. Like, hey, you have 37 flangs to complete by 4 p.m. It's 3.30. How many have you done? Like, Oh my god, I can just picture, like, two devils in, like, one's, like, in, a, in, in like, a, a, a tie and, like, a short sleeve dress shirt. The other one's got, like, this really nice silk shirt on with a tie and, it's, and like, a suit jacket. And he's just, like, calling another devil into his office to complain. It's like, your work ethic isn't what it's supposed to be. Am I gonna have to flog you? I can't think of what the name of the Adult Swim show is, but I think it's called uh, Your Pretty Little Face is Going to Hell. Sounds about right. Yeah, Your Pretty Face is Going to Hell. It's a hilarious TV show, and it is about exactly that. <laughs> and so I kind of I kind of think about demons, or sorry, like devils and whatnot, coming to Earth, even if they're doing something that we as, a, as, as material plane beings would consider super heinous, like, running a mega corporation that's, like, siphoning gold and gold and gold out of everyone all over the world. For, doesn't, like, they can just, like, shit on the gold and never use it. That's causing economical strife, you know? Dude, yeah. what you're describing are the dragons from Shadowrun. Exactly. Exactly. That is, they're, they're, all they're there for is power and wealth, nothing else, and they love sacrifices for it. So, my, well, my point is, is, to answer your base question there... Michelle, uh, uh, about like what is so sinister? The I the fact is is that they're doing everything that they love doing on their normal plane of existence, but it's in such a muted tone of its normal flavor. Like they're not whipping people, they're not hurting people directly, but they are they're tickling that itch of theirs to subjugate to enforce stupid rules and annoy and bother people and and serve them shitty food that they better be happy they have. Like, everything... Oh my god, the TSA is run by devils. (laughs) Like, everything about this system is, like, perfect for what the devils want, and so it makes sense that something as powerful as whatever syndicate or whatever of devils is running the LRL system. Uh, All right. I don't really see it, but I'll, I'll play along. <laughs> well, I'll, allow me to ask, because I don't want you to sit unsettled on this matter, because it's obviously a big part of this world that you're in. Like, what's your issue? 
I just, I never really saw the Ella Rail as an evil thing. Because it I always saw it as, you know, not even like the buses in where we're living right now. It's more of the, where rich people go to, to get a train. I mean, they cater to everybody and it's never an unpleasant, I mean, we've had really bad service on it because we keep getting robbed or all that kind of crap happening on it. But in general, I don't think that happens to everybody that gets on this train. Right, and it would be bad no, for I don't business see it did. as them siphoning anything from people or doing anything from that. They are literally just performing a service for mankind, and in that sense, I don't see where the evil is coming from. Sure, and I think that that's a really like valid perspective. Um, but something to kind of think about for scale. You know, and then that's where my whole point is sort of really built on. Is yeah. You're an adventurer. You're knee deep in gold. You have a small fortune in your back pocket. Like, bear in mind, to go into a bar in in this world and be like, I'll have your finest ale and your best cut of meat and your, I want a feast for me and my four friends. And at the end of the night, the tab is like two gold. Mm-hmm. You know? Equate that to, like, our real world and, like, say the entire group got together and went to some some nice restaurant and got the best shit in there. It'd be, like, four or $500. Right. It'd be, like, four or $500. That's a lot of money. Yeah. So thinking about that, comparing, comparing that and then being like, yeah, we're going to charge you 80 gold to travel the only way to travel from one city to another without it taking more than a month. It'll take four days, but it's 80 gold. That's a small fortune. That's that's more money than some people have. Mm-hmm. So, Same. to you all, it's not unreasonable amount of money. You don't care. You love the convenience. But to the average mm-hmm. person, it's like unavoidable paywall to get through the world. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it, it's it, my, anyway. I could fucking sit here for an hour yeah. and be like all of the reasons I why. Can I can see it a little bit better with that in my and mind. multiply yeah. that by the hundreds of times a day these trains run. With all the people on it, that's a lot of gold and a lot of you know uh, acclamation of wealth. Not to mention severe <coughs> subjugation of an elemental. Many elements. Which, yeah. Yeah, many elementals. Which you know in itself is an evil act. And you guys are directly serving the crystal spirits of the elements that bind this world together. So, in your valiant crusade across the map to save the world, you are literally like. Blazing across the map and burning <laughs> a path in your wake by, you know, riding on the backs of these elementals. Ah, uh, the trail of hypocrisy. So. So, yeah, it's a fairly evil thing. It's just really, really subtle. Yeah. And evil. And so you shouldn't feel like, as a paladin, you're not committing a sin. You're not, you're not betraying your god's vows or anything like that. You're just participating in a system that is unfortunately a dominant one uh, and and not like actively like fighting it. Hmm. So I would right. not I would not feel morally questionable on the matter. But I do think it's evil. Man. So breakfast is nice. What do you guys do with the rest of your day? Tenshi's just gonna chill. I don't have to worry about anything being stolen right now. I really want to open that envelope, but I'm not gonna. Please, for the love of God, don't. 
If somebody handed you an envelope and was like, don't open this, like... No, I get it, but I also understand the whole exploding runes thing. Hmm. Exploding runes, there it is. Yeah. I seem to recall it the first time we were handed an envelope, uh, we opened it, like, immediately in front of the person. Yeah, and the guy was just like, oh, fucking God. <laughs> well, I imagine that the whole reason someone hands you an envelope is because the message would make more sense later, and if you were just going to open the envelope right away, they could have just told you that information. You know? Mm-hmm. I mean, it could be full of stuff. Like a letter with ink on it. I guess... Yeah, I don't um, think it's an envelope of holding. <laughs> Anyway, so I'd, I'd imagine you guys, if you don't, like, do anything drastic, you guys are just going to arrive to this town. Cool. Yep, yep. Just tension chilling on one of the points. Right. So Happy you guys are informed that you have half the day to go while they, you know, do a, they, they get their supplies in order for the trip to Yao, because the trip to Yao is rather long. It's a week long? Yeah. Yeah. All right, well, I definitely want to get off the train. Right. Yeah, that'd be good. Run, stretch, you know, the whole thing. Sure. Yeah. Sounds good. Okay. Um, do you guys want to go to 1030 or just end it now? Do we want to end it now? I mean, I think we've hit a nice long spot. We have. Okay. All right, yeah, sure, let's call it here. Sure. Well, um, I have, like, unless you guys want to really rock the boat on this trip, I'm going to just teleport you to Yao. Sounds good to me. Okay. That's fine. So let's say that this next week between now and the next session is the week spent on the road. It is completely uneventful, relatively comfortable, uh, but ultimately probably quite fucking boring. So uh, (laughs) homework for the players. If there's any, like, languages or skills that you want to try and start teaching each other, write those down, get them together. Um, don't surprise me with those concepts next week so we can get right into stuff happening at Yao. Okay. Okay. Just put it on Sounds the Facebook good. group and we'll figure out how they work over the course of the one week. And we have another day and a half, maybe, with the uh, Divine Balls, which means by the time we get to Yao, they're fucked. Right. Oh, yeah, the blessed stuff. Right, right, right. That. <laughs> yep. All right. Well... Uh, it has been a lovely adventure tonight. I hope you listeners had a great time. I know I did. So as your DM, I'm signing off. I have my players once again, starting with our divine casters, our divine fighters. <laughs> Aiden playing Ogden the Dwarven Cleric. Me playing uh, Orcs of uh, Paladin. Our oh. Sorry. I yawned. What was that? Is it, it's your turn to say goodbye to everybody. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, this is uh, Switzerland, also known as your monk Tenchi. Alright, and... Uh, this is Lauren, playing Vin, the Halfling Warlock, signing off. Have a nice night, and thanks for listening. Goodbye. Bye, guys. Bye.